loitering in the bathroom. Ladies listening are like, and? (laughs) I spend 80% of my time at a bar loitering in the bathroom. Hello, corn puffs that have been shaped or... Welcome to Sports, the podcast that ends with a question mark that starts with a whole lot of questions. I'm Katie Nolan. He's Travis. What's up? She's Christina. (laughs) Hello. And this is today's question. God, every time I get comfortable and then I'm like, I have to hit play. Hi, Katie, Tina, and Theodore. This is Jason from Florida. My question, uh, which my wife brought up while we were watching the Super Bowl a few weeks ago, and we got mixed results from our friends. Would you rather be one of Tom Brady and Giselle's children or one of Patrick Mahomes and his fiance's pit bulls? Love you, mean it. Bye. Jason, love you, mean it. An interesting question. A question that feels full of landmines as somebody who has recently gotten a dog and has brought it up as a comparison in conversations with my friends who have children. Who are like, can you stop saying that's just like when Myrtle does blank? Because mine is a child, is a a human person, and yours is just a dog. (laughs) So let's just blanket statement, not say that we're comparing kids to dogs, because we're not, and we know they're very different. Well, I mean, Patrick is now a father, so he could just use his child. That's not the question that was asked. It's a great point. It's not the question that was asked. And if the show does anything, it's respect a question. Okay, I'm sorry. The whole show is an homage to questions and how everything's a question if you put a question mark at the end of it. So the question that was asked by Jason from Florida, would you rather be one of Tom Brady and Giselle's children, which we should note is an important is an important uh, stat. That's an important piece of information. It doesn't say one of Tom Brady's children, one of Tom Brady and Giselle's children, or one of Patrick Mahomes and his fiance's Pitbull. Now, just from the wording, you can see if you're one of the pit bulls, you have one famous parent. And if you are one of the children, you've got two famous, very famous parents. Just stating, I'm not stating if that's a pro or a con. I'm just making sure we have all information. Also in service of facts, I looked up to see, does Patrick Mahomes have two dogs or two pit bulls? And the answer is two pitbulls asterisk? Because the answer is not two pitbulls. The answer is that one of them is it time to pee? Yeah. The answer that one of them is a uh, is technically a cane corso, but often gets labeled as a pitbull. So that right there, I would say, is a negative to being one of Patrick Mahomes's pitbulls because one of them's not a pitbull, and we're all just too lazy to call the dog what the dog is. You guys, I thought you'd have so many thoughts, oh, but you don't seem as fired up about I do. this topic. So Go ahead, Travis, I think whenever you're ready. The one thing we're going to think about with Tom Brady's kids is it's going to be so great to have these famous parents. But you know what they can't do? They're... I didn't say it was great. I just said it was this, a fact. But I think a lot of people are thinking that. But, like, one thing you're – I bet you they've never had a Cheeto in their life. <laughs> Can you hear that he flushed and then went very loudly? Yes. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. At this point, if you don't flush, I'm going to be upset with you. It's conscious. Sure did. Now we have to edit again. Thanks for cussing, Dan. <laughs> Travis keeps saying you're cussing, and I didn't. I've never heard him sound less coastal. Cussing? Yeah, you cuss. Curse. Yeah, it's cussing. It's yeah. Well, you're a mountain person. Oh. <laughs> uh. So anyway, what were we saying? The celebrities having two celebrity parents. I just don't like. 
I wonder if Tom Brady's kids have ever had a Cheeto before or a pop. Mm, that's a good point. That's not because they're famous. That's because Tom Brady. He's he's got a famous diet. Well, also Giselle is a supermodel who I bet also follows a strict diet. That's true. But here's the thing. So I I guess it, is there a certain level of money you can have where healthy food is actually really good? Yeah, That's like they true. actually taste good. Well, because if flip it, Patrick Mahomes, I'm sure must follow a strict diet in order to you know do what he sure, does. Sure. Uh, his wife, are they officially married or just fiance? I don't remember. They're not married yet. Okay. Um, she's a fitness instructor. But of this sorts. is their dog, so it doesn't matter. Uh, well, yeah. So I guess it doesn't matter because here's you're the thing, feed though. Your dog but like, this anyway. is what it is. The food is an interesting thing because a a famous couple's dog is going to eat the best Ooh, food. I bet. Very. I bet well, they get yes. really nice food. Whereas the famous people's kids. This is why that question about does money make healthy food taste good. Because uh, then it would be they're getting the quote unquote best food as in it's best for their body, but they would probably want garbage food that tastes good. So I wonder if it's actually a negative to have famous healthy parents when you're a person and a positive when you're a dog. Now here's the thing though, we can't, Patrick's child is not in this, but now that they have a child, does that dog lose some of its... No, love is an is a is an infinite resource, Travis. We have as much as we are willing to give. But attention is not. Okay, that's a really real. That is the strongest counterpoint. Strongest counterpoint. I dare I say that you've ever made on this podcast. <laughs> I quit. That was the best. You're right. Time is a finite resource. We only have so much of it. Um. But I would say dogs actually don't mind when you leave them alone for a little. If there's anything I've learned from my constant attention to Myrtle is that sometimes she's like, I'm going to go sit in the other room. So why don't you not follow me, please? <laughs> why, why don't you stay here? How about you stay? You do your video <laughs> games. And I'm going to take me and my belly to the other room. I'm going to go with being Tom and Giselle's child. Hold on. There's one more actually, important, there's one more important fact we have to break down. Is it better to be a dog or a baby? Yes. That's interesting. And also, Travis, I'm very surprised that you picked the kid versus a dog. I want to be the dog. I think I want to be the dog, too, because then you get to be because a dog. I, yeah. And to Katie's logic, I think being a dog is cooler than being a baby. So. But then think- again, see, as I'm saying that, this might be one of those things where I'm like voting against my self-interests because I'm a person and so are you, Christina, who talks a lot. It was a lot to say. Ooh, true. And so we might be assuming that being a dog is a relief because they can't talk, but we might not know if dogs struggle with like, I, boy, do I wish I could talk so I could tell this person exactly what I wanted. Not being able to express mm. what I'm thinking, assuming that dogs think, which I don't know if we even can scientifically. I haven't brushed up on it recently, but uh, not being able to say what you're thinking might be incredibly frustrating. Yeah, that's a Whereas point I haven't thought of. with a kid, you of. just cry and cry and cry and cry until they give it to you anyway. And that is a feeling I'm pretty familiar with. I haven't done it in a while, but I bet I could. I bet I could pick that up. It's like riding a bike. Oh, crying to get what I want? I could get right back into it. So maybe the kid. But if you're Tom Brady's kid, <laughs> but think about you got to get kissed on the mouth. Are you cool with that? 
And that's a fact I was waiting for one of you to bring up because I didn't know if that's the direction we were going to go in. <laughs> and if that is the direction we're going in, I'm picking the dog. Okay, but here's... But I let my dog kiss me on the mouth. Exactly. And here's the other thing. Yeah. Tom Brady's kid was on the yacht, the boat with him celebrating. Do you think Patrick's dog would have been on a boat or whatever celebrating? There could be a tiny Probably. chance if he didn't have a I kid. Think, but I think now that he has a kid, I don't think you bring the kid I in. I think there's a lot of time where yeah, the dog is away from one. its parents if they're famous like them. Mm. Yeah, but I got to believe that the Mahomeses have a really cool house. So I'd be okay with being left at home yeah. if I were that dog. Then you can I poop on cool and house. eat anything you want, you know? Yep. Here's another thing. Pressure. If you're the child of Tom Brady and Giselle... I feel like you've got a lot of pressure to be successful, to. to be good at what it doesn't. I don't know if it matters as much what the thing is, but you got to be good at a thing. Um, Patrick Mahomes Pitbull, if it just does dog stuff. It's, you don't think the other dogs know that it's parents or Patrick and Brittany? I don't. I mean, I'm sure. I bet you the other dogs know they're... that that dog is famous. I'll bet you... I'll bet you a lot of money that they don't. I don't think dogs have, like, Instagram or whatever. Oh, so now you're calling dogs dumb. Katie's calling dogs dumb. I'm just, I'm not. I'm not. Am I? I think it all really boils down to, do dogs think the way I would hope that they do? And if they do, I want to be a dog. Because I think that that would be a lot of fun. And then I can go to the dog park and brag to the other dogs who my parents Boom, are. And I don't see? Have to live now you got pressure. Anything. Thank you. I, but I don't have to live up to anything because I'm a dog. I don't have to live up to anything. But they're going to expect you. I think. The other dogs are going to expect you to be that much better. Travis, what are you picking? Well, I'm, go, well, I'm, going, I'm going with that much better. Tom and Giselle's kid. And then why? I mean, did you see his daughter? I love how long it takes you to justify your own answer. <laughs> yeah. where you're like, no, I don't know. He's like, I just want this I just one. want this segment I just, to I just want to be on a yacht. Okay. Travis, I've, I, over the last few weeks, I've got to say, you're developing a real dependency on boats. You are really leaning towards boat heavy. You're making dumb decisions because of how but bad But I just think that his dog is kind of stuck and does like the same thing every day. That sounds awesome. That I would sounds like that. what we're doing, except without yeah, there being exactly. something else and we could. Yeah, but if there was nothing else we could do and this was just how life was, we'd get really good at this life. This life only sucks because we're used to being able to do whatever we want to. Dogs aren't. How do we know that, though? Um, sure, I guess it's a good point. For the sake of getting to the rest of the podcast, that's a great point, Travis. <laughs> I'm going to say I would rather be, even though I'm probably a Cane Corso, one of Patrick Mahomes' pit bulls, because yes. I think that being the dog of a rich, in of like a very monetarily rich environment versus the kid, I think it, it does more good than bad for a dog, and it does more bad than good for a kid. Like the spotlight on the kids and the the things that money can do to kids like that just make them feel entitled or, or detach them from humanity, I think is worse than what it can do for a dog, which is basically just like let it eat good and give it its own house. But now you're questioning Tom's parenting. No, I'm not. I'm just saying statistically, uh, 
like, I don't know, rich parents have to make sure they teach their kid that like this came from the product of their hard work and that the kids have to be hardworking too. And that doesn't happen as often as we'd like, I believe. Christina, you're going with the dog. I want to be a dog. All right, so dog wins. If you have a question that we can talk about for 45 (laughs) minutes and uh, Travis can give an answer to but can't really justify why. uh, Attention, that's why. At 8605065571 gets better every time, I think, honestly. Hi. What's up? Hello. How's everybody doing? I'm great. Yeah, that's the agreed upon answer after a discussion. Christina, how are you? Oh, I'm great. A little tired, but great. Mm-hmm. How was everybody's, it's a Monday. How was everybody's weekend? Oh, wait, didn't you have a date? Oh, oh. we were going to oh. not talk about it if so it you, went bad. Oh, yeah, I don't think I gave you the update. Katie got the update. Uh, okay, wait a minute. Now I'm offended. What? Why didn't I get Well, it? I was going to call you, yeah, and I didn't mine. want to bother you, and... Wow. Okay, actually, thank it's you. Thank fault. you for respecting my <laughs> and my phone call. Anxiety. I got a text, so. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Watching her face change was worth it. Okay, all right. Now I see it's taken a personal turn. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Continue. It says the girl who answered a phone a phone call from Adam Schefter when we were getting ready to do this <laughs> podcast and left the yeah. podcast without Did a Did you word. tell him that Just it could bounced. have been sent in a text? Yeah, now I know where I fall on your tier yeah, system. Yeah, we are not above Adam Schefter, Katie. That's right. I'm terribly That's right. sorry. So, you know what? It is what it is. Travis, what's the update? Uh, they got canceled on Monday night. She said that she wasn't over her yeah. ex and ready, which oh, I respect that. You respected that? I respect it. You said that? You said that to yep. her, Travis? Didn't waste my, nice. didn't waste my time having to go out. Would've, I would have paid, and so then it would have been money, and... You didn't say all that. No, did but you? I wouldn't. No. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for not wasting my time or my money. Yeah. 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 Well, that's good. That's good. Thank you for respecting her words. So I uh, napped a lot this that's weekend good. instead. Oh, that's good. Napping. So did good. I. I did too. I but napped a lot because I, I didn't sleep at night at all starting Thursday. Same. It was like up. Wait, I didn't sleep at all Saturday night. I was literally awake from two a.m. till like eight. It sucks. So, I was up till 2.30 last night. Because I did highly questionable one of the days, I guess Friday probably. Or maybe it was Thursday. So maybe it was Wednesday night that started. Doesn't matter at all because every day is the same. But I got to the point where I was looking at the hours like if I fall asleep right now, which I'm not gonna, I have four hours of sleep before I have to be on TV. (laughs) And then I was like, now if I fall asleep, it's only three hours. And I was like, this is not productive at all. Do you have like things that you can do when you're like, you can't fall asleep to try to help? Like, for, I have a list. For me, like, I'll put music on, but, like, not too loud that if I fall asleep during it, it'll wake me up. Mm. Oh, I'll do that. I'll listen to podcasts on, like, really, really low, like, one or two, so that it's, like, I could hear it, and I could hear what they're saying, but it's not loud enough to where it's, like, keeping me awake. Yeah. It's more of, like, a lull. Dan's a light sleeper, so I listen to, every night when it's sleep time, I listen, I put on a podcast I put the volume up to one and then I turn my phone onto airplane mode and I shove my phone under my pillow because I don't want to have, I don't know, it, phone service going into my head. That feels like a great way to have brain cancer. I don't know how science works, <laughs> but uh, that way I can hear it through my pillow and it doesn't wake Dan up. But when that doesn't work, uh, then we go through the list. I did that last night and the music stopped playing and I was still there. I was like, 
Mm. <laughs> and I was still that's awake. That's the good. worst. When I put my sleep timer on, and it's what sucks is if I like to listen to shorter podcasts, the longest you can put a sleep timer on Apple Podcasts is an hour. And it usually takes me about that to fall asleep. It's I know you might be going, <gasps> but it's true. It's a thing I never knew was crazy until I watched how fast some people can just fall asleep and then they have trouble staying asleep. I can't fall asleep. It takes me a long time. But if I want to listen to multiple podcasts, I can't do, if I can find a two-hour podcast, I can do when current episode ends, which means it'll go for two hours. But if it's like an hour-long podcast and then I want it to immediately go into another one if I'm still awake, I can't do that. But can't you do the timer on your on your phone? There's a sleep timer on my phone. Yeah, so you like it'll turn you go to your timer and then when it, for the when timer ends, scroll all the way to the bottom and hit click stop playing. Oh, Travis, I didn't know. And that. And you could set that thing. I mean, you could have a timer while you could set a timer for a day. Travis, whoa! Thank you so much. That is the most helpful. Here I am bitching about something that I'm like, this is probably unique only to me. And there's no solution. So why am I wasting people's time? And now it wasn't a waste of time. Thank you so much. This is like when I taught Ashley that if you hit the space bar twice after you're, when you're typing a text message, it puts in a period and a space. And she was like, <laughs> what? I was like, what do you mean what? Have you been typing periods? She's like, yeah. Like, oh, my God. It's exhausting. Oh, no. Why would you do that? But anyway, what were we actually talking about? Our weekends and sleeping. Mm. Yeah, this weekend sucked. I had a very, very, very bad weekend. Um, so in honor of that, mental health update, the the exalted return, because I know Travis really wanted us to bring it back. And I'm just going to use it to say something that feels important to me. And if either of you have a mental health update, please feel free to share. Or if you don't want to share, don't. But if you're feeling really freaking alone right now, <laughs> You're not alone. That's like the least alone thing you can do because I think everybody feels for different periods of time overwhelmed by how lonely or like alone they are. Whether you feel completely isolated, which technically a lot of us are, or whether you feel like you're alone in the way you feel, which is a weird other kind of loneliness. It's like you, it's totally, totally normal. And one thing I've started to get really worried about and scared about is that there's people out there when you're feeling super lonely or isolated and then something goes wrong, it's a scary, it's hard to manage. If everything's going right and you're isolated, that's tough on its own. But as soon as something really bad happens, it feels bigger because you're alone and you can't deal with it the way you normally would. So like, you're okay everything's all right if you made a big mistake recently and you're alone it's okay you can fix it there's time to fix it there is time there's time there's time it's you're okay I'm just starting to like I'm seeing statistics about like self-harm going up around the country and it's just like around the world and it's like a it's a thing that really really scares me and I don't want to scare you guys I just want to use a platform that I know multiple people listen to even if it's 30 of you like you're all right you made a mistake you're all right everybody's okay everything can be fixed just hold on you're all right cool yeah, we just say, like, the, cool. the lows aren't as bad as you think they are. Yes. And most times the highs aren't as high as you think they are. But at this point, I'm not going to focus on that. Because feel as good as you feel whenever you feel good at this point. <laughs> Don't hurt other people. But feeling good in a pure way is okay. And 
don't make yourself feel guilty about it and don't make yourself feel bad about feeling bad when everything's good for you compared to other people like stop looking at and worrying about it you it's okay that you don't feel great right now and you're there's love for you in the world and I love you and you know I'll speak for these two we love you you're all right you're doing okay just keep being a good person that's the most important thing you can do for humanity and for yourself cool cosine thumbs up um <laughs> official pod business oh this totally snuck up on me because i th- i think i still think it's like september but it's actually february and i think today is the last tuesday i'm doing air quotes because we're recording this on monday i think this is the last tuesday in february am i correct um yes math wise it's actually. the 22nd, yes because so the next one is sure the 29th and then that, that would make the Tuesday yep. the 30th and that wouldn't make any sense so yeah, next Tuesday is March yeah and I realized you guys might not know this but somehow I feel like Christina might it doesn't matter uh we March here on sports is a big deal because it's time for um that college basketball tournament uh third month crazy time yeah is what we're allowed to say we're not allowed to say the other ones. I mean, you can. <laughs> so, you can't, Travis. You can. We aren't legally allowed to, Travis. So we've renamed it for the last two years. So stop stepping on the bit. <laughs> third month. <laughs> so don't ruin it. So third month crazy time is what, it's, is what the month of March is called here in sports. And what we do is every week we do a different bracket. Oh, I like year, brackets. We did, a, we did a snack it. We did, um, so that's a bracket of snacks. I think Thanks. we did a singing ad read bracket. Now, the problem is these episodes historically are three and a half hours long <laughs> because <laughs> Ashley and I are the two most indecisive people on the planet and we have to break down, much like I did with that first voicemail, every possible pro and con before we can make any sort of definitive decision. Uh, I think having Travis now will actually be a benefit in that he just wants to make a choice and move on. He doesn't even want to slow down long enough to tell you why. So I think this could end up being good. But we do need to come up with, what are there, four Tuesdays in March? We have to come up with four brackets. And again, maybe it's because Ashley and I don't like making decisions, but coming up with what we're going to do brackets of was one of the hardest bits about third month crazy time because you have to find something that has enough options but not too many options and then you got to do the seating and then people get really mad about the seating so then we made seating random or we threw steve ashley's husband under the bus point is (laughs) uh the reddit or on twitter or wherever you should give us some third month crazy time suggestions i got one today and then i was on the ringer the one i got today was like video game franchises and i was on the ringer on the front page there was like a best video game characters of all time bracket and i was like well that's my I'm coin not hearing anything please get off of it what huh travis what christine are you hearing anything what yeah trav hello i hear you travis just out of nowhere i'm not hearing anything i'm not hearing anything i'm like wait what time out he's giving us we can hear you we you can can hear you you can talk i hear you laughing oh my god please leave all of this in please don't edit any of this out travis has lost the ability to hear us and is miming to us 
Oh, and now he bye. left. But he was miming to us. Like, Trav, Trav, we can hear you. Like, we could still hear you. You oh just can't hear us. And he just took his headphone out and wiggled it and said no. And it was like, we know what's happening. Like, but I can still hear we you. Totally like, totally I can still hear happening. him say, like, no. no. Like, I can still hear it. I can't hear you. God, that was creepy. <laughs> um. Well, I can't stall for this long, but he's recording, so I should probably stop anyway because he won't have. Oh. Oh. Hit. Are I you hear back? you guys now. Hey, we could hear nice. you the whole time, buddy. I didn't know. Yeah, we heard you laughing. We heard you saying, I can't hear you. I'm trying to call time out. <laughs> no, we saw, oh, we, but you could have it. just literally called. You could have said time out. But I didn't know if you could hear we, me. We kept saying, we can hear but you. But I couldn't hear you. God, but I was doing it slow and doing the headphone thing. But I didn't know. Golly. It's funny because most of the stuff you contribute to this podcast is shrugging or nodding or laughing silently. So it really wouldn't make non verbal cues. Yeah, you're very big on, you'd be great with a dog. Point is, third month crazy time. I haven't forgotten about it. I do dread it, and it will be kicking off next week. So, we, today on the podcast. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Thanks. To what again? What are you looking forward to? The uh, third month crazy stuff. Thank you time it's just what you couldn't just commit you couldn't just give me what i wanted you, you were, were like almost the third there. month crazy that's what's like rough stuff today on the podcast travis probably gonna keep making me mad about nothing for no reason for his own joy which i allow uh we're gonna talk about a bunch of stuff none of which i remember now that we're here in the tease of the podcast and all i wrote was tease goes here um carson wentz <laughs> that's technically news to this podcast so we'll probably talk about that for like a second cam newton got into some Scuffle with a high schooler that was interesting. The She Believes Cup, Team USA is doing well, but not really. Um, and uh, Deion Sanders, whatever that was. We'll talk about that as well. Uh, there's other stuff. Carson Wentz <laughs> plays for the Indianapolis Colts. How about it? Interesting. Yeah, that's it. Moving on. Um, no, I saw an interesting stat that was that the Eagles put... the Carson Wentz was the biggest financial investment they've made other than their field <laughs> like he, they put so much money into this guy uh and he's still costing them so much money and if he's good it will change the conditions of the pick like they need him to be good because if he can't play that conditional pick turns into a i believe a first uh, yeah and if he's good then it's gonna look bad for them it's yeah, they've really put themselves in an unwinnable situation. They put themselves in a pickle. to show that, yeah, they, a real Tommy pickle. Uh, the the new interesting development on this news, before, unless you guys had something you wanted to say about the actual trade before we no. move into what's new about it, because this was a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Pittman Jr., who wears the number 11 in Indianapolis currently, says he doesn't have any plans on giving that up. He said, quote, I am number 11. I don't think there's any deal that's going to be done. And that came from TMZ. So we know it's got to be true and probably somehow illegal for them to have let us know. I love his dedication towards a number because a person in their number is it's part of your identity. But. I think you could strike a deal. I mean, this is a rich man, and there's you at least got to throw something out there. I never had the um, the connection to a number the way that a lot of I didn't either. Do. A lot of people are very – like Mina, I'll find the tweet. She tweeted out in order her list of favorite numbers for – best numbers for a quarterback. And uh, I'm like, who – 
how have you even put thought into this? For me, I was number 10. I was number two. I was number one. And I was, I think on one team, I was like nine. So like, it didn't make much of a difference to me. It was never some, but I, but I'm saying I understand people that it means a lot to them. I just like to usually hear why. So for me, if Michael Pittman Jr. is like, look, this is my number and I'm not giving it up. I want to hear why. And maybe it's because at this point, changing your number once you're a professional athlete is weird and fe- must feel weird but at the same time it's like just be really really good and it, no one's gonna care i would at least make a request like i want some crazy car yeah and see yeah, if he's gonna bite just see if he'll do yeah. it well that's probably why i said i don't think there's any deal that's gonna be done it's because like he introduced the idea of a deal being like would be pretty hard to make a deal with me I don't think he'd be willing to offer what I want. So now <laughs> Carson Wentz knows if he wants it, he's got to make an but offer. For football players, I think it's more a, a thing for them with numbers. Because like basketball growing up, there's a lot of numbers that you can't be because of how the officials signal for fouls. And so I think football, it's the number and the person. There's, like a, there's, a, there's a, like a naming convention, technically. There's a numbering convention, but people break it all the time. And it doesn't matter as much. So like... Uh, Marty Smith on his cufflinks has his initials and his number as a football player in high school on every shirt. From high school? Yeah. From high school? It's a, his shirt say MS9. Whoa. His shirt? He has like shirts? Like on, on the cuffs? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They say MS9. When I There was an executive at Fox who was like, you want to know one of my favorite things? I'm like, what? He's like, all my shirts have my initials sewn into the cuff. I'm like, what? Okay. Way to let everybody know from the jump that you're not willing to give them the shirt off your back without putting your name on it first. I think that that the, you know, the being obsessed with your number and then putting it on everything gives off the same energy as a freshman in college who just joined a sorority and now has like her monogram everywhere. I don't know if either of you have seen like like when you put your monogram, it's like your initials on literally everything. So like your cup, your shirt, your pillowcase, your everything. It's overload. So I can't relate. Um, I feel like I feel like sororities. Um, and this is my ignorance to them. I went to a school where like we didn't have sorority houses. I bet that part is really cool. But I was always like, why would you join a sorority at a place where you don't get a cool house out of it? <laughs> what is the point? Um, and I know the point is friends, but at the same time make them on your own um i don't mean to be pissing off anybody who's in a sorority or fraternity which i bet is a huge portion of our listeners but i'm saying my experience on greek life is informed by the school i went to and it felt like every single person who was in their sorority and maybe it's because we didn't have houses like was always wearing their letters and oh absolutely i i I don't think i know i was in a sorority i can 100 percent confirm that that's it's what everybody does yeah um I did it when I first joined because it's it's like the, ooh, everybody does it. And you're like, okay, me too. And then I was like, okay, this is boring. Mm. So I don't so know. So Christina it, says, I, stop being boring. I just, I can stop being understand boring. giving into the hype. Yeah. But then it's like, all right, I, I just, I don't know. I can't really relate to being so affiliated with your number. Tribalism. Uh, you seem to be against tribalism. Yeah, I mean, maybe, you know, at the professional level, because it is part of your identity, you know, like, that's how fans recognize you, that's the number you've always had, you know, I get it. But also, just, it's a number. Travis, you affect, you affectionate towards a number? Well, I'm just doing some research. Are you dating a number? I'm doing some research right now, and it looks like in high school he didn't even wear the number 11. Oh my god. 
Oh, I thought oh. you meant, I thought you were still talking about Marty Smith. I was like, wait, 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 no. wait, wait. He just claimed a number? No. No, Carson about... looks like, I'm seeing photos of him in the number 20. Oh, no, no, we're talking about Pittman. So then, so then should it We're not talking it about Carson Wentz. To... Did Pittman wear who's, it in high school? Uh, who's worn the number longer? Yeah. It, if I Pittman's think if, worn it in high school, you know what? It goes to him. If it went to a court of law, I would say that's probably what it would come down to. Of like, well, who has ownership over this number? Which yeah, who, who wore is it also longer. weird. Yeah. But then I guess you could say who's worn it here longer would be what matters because there are number 11s elsewhere in the league. You know what I mean? That is it's very true. It's not like you get to own 11. I don't think you wore it in college. Neither player should get the, neither player should get the number 11. Take it away from Michael and Here's Carson doesn't say. get it. I want to know. First of all, I don't even know if we know that Carson Wentz is upset and that he wants it. Carson Wentz might be like, that's okay. I'm willing to switch numbers, in which case this isn't a problem. Yeah, he could be like, this is fine. But I would like to know the connection they both have. I would like them both to write a mission statement for why the number 11 means something to them. And once I've read both essays, I will be able to make a judgment on who deserves to keep it. You know? I think that that's fair. That makes sense to me. That's Does fair. this is there is it worth gleaning from this story something about the respect for Carson Wentz in the sense that when Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay, I think it was Chris Godwin who wore yeah who wore twelve and he gave it to him out of respect like he just was like he can have it. So is this like a Pittman being like I'm not giving up eleven for Carson Wentz? You want to go get us you know somebody else you want to get us aaron Rodgers? i'll give up a lip not that he would need to that doesn't make sense who else wears 11 currently that would be great though i want to know what quarterbacks you would be willing to give up your number for with tom brady i feel like it's a oh man if i don't give this to him he won't he's throw gonna me the make ball. it into a legal battle so i'm just gonna let him have yeah. it. yeah like he's i feel like it, then it, i would just be way too uncomfortable you have it you know what you have it yeah with carson wentz i feel like the attitude is probably like you've got a lot of money and you're fine. So this is mine. You get a different one. <laughs> and hopefully Carson Wentz is like, you know what? At this point, I just want to show that I'm good still. I'll do it under any number. Carson Wentz shouldn't be hanging on to any attachment he had to a number he wore when that all happened. When that's, those seasons happened. Let it go. Start fresh. That's my advice to Carson Wentz. But if you guys want to submit essays, I'll also hear both sides. Essays is the way to go. Yeah. All right. Well, somebody let them know. Somebody let... Carson Wentz and Michael Pittman Jr. know that their essays are due. Honestly, I'm not big on due dates. Whenever they're ready. Uh, J.J. Watt. This is the thing. Travis does this thing where he puts things into the dock. (laughs) But instead of writing what happened, he writes as the headline. So the headline of this story is, and suddenly J.J. Watt is relatable, which doesn't tell me at all what happened. And then the information where he's supposed to put the part that's like, this is what I'm talking about. Here's what he wrote. A fan asked J.J. if he was going to announce if he was going to pick a team and J.J. had a great response. Link. Yeah. So I have no idea what happened. Maybe Travis, what happened? Click the link. I didn't. I, yeah, but when I'm opening a doc and I'm going through <laughs> and I'm reorganizing it, I would love to go, what's this story? So I know whether it's worth clicking on a link or not. And all I know is that you think it's relatable. So this fan tweeted at him, you want to sign somewhere or nah? And JJ responded, I scroll through DoorDash for like an hour before I pick a restaurant, man. You're going to have to give me a second to choose a new team and city. Smart. I like it. I did see that tweet and I did laugh at it and I did like it because that is hilarious nice that was really good so jj watt it finally is being a little self-deprecating which i think is what we were all hoping for before we had tom brady hammered a couple weeks ago now jj watt being human like are we becoming football players 
are you and I, Christina, are we yeah. all being coming football players? Because football players are doing stuff that I'm like, I do that. Like, I, I definitely do that. Do I play football? Am I a quarterback? Oh my god, I think Christina, I can, that's I think so I awesome. can be. Congratulations. Forget being Patrick Mahomes' dog. I'd like to be Katie Nolan's dog. Thanks, oh, that, That's so nice. It would be pretty sick to be Myrtle. She's pretty great. Except she won't drink water. And... Well, probably because it's not. It mm. needs to be better, higher quality water, or something like that. Maybe. I mean, I don't know what this what this is that this hill that you want to die on. But <laughs> I, I don't know what hill you dog... started climbing. But meanwhile, I'm like, oh, man, why won't my dog drink water? And then I'm like, oh, my lips are really chapped. If I had water in the last three days, it's like, <laughs> oh well, that's probably you should focus. Maybe you work on yourself. Any problem you identify in somebody else that really bothers you, work on it on yourself. Uh, here's another headline, a banger of a headline from Travis. Texans leaving teams on unread, which in and of itself, not a thing. It's leaving them on red or leaving mm-hmm. them unread. They're either not reading it and not responding or they're reading it and then not responding. Well, you're so definitely not important... reading. What? Well, you're not reading Travis? either. Why am I not reading? Because you don't click the links and read. But what's the point of a doc if it's just going to be like, go to this other place? The link should be like, if you're not seeing something that you like in this story, here's more stuff that might be important to you. Or it should you. just enhance the details you already have in there. You the should lay out, should this be boring. is what it is. The doc should be boring so that we can make it funny. But I feel like you're, you're making the doc funny. And then I'm like, what is the what happened? I don't know what happened. <laughs> so Travis, tell me what happened here. The Texans are leaving teams on unread. Teams reportedly were calling the Texans, and Texans just, they aren't answering. They're not responding. They're just letting people send in trade offers for Deshaun, and they're just like, meh, not interested. Yeah, so Peter King reported this. Yep. Shout out, Peter King. Uh, two teams have made offers, and they didn't even acknowledge that they got them. I don't know what the protocol is on that. Like, do they have either. to? Do they have to be like, we have received this request and we'll let you know when it's processed? I mean, why should they have to respond? No, they don't have to. If, it's just if a bunch of people are like, "Hi, I'd like to take him," then you'd be like, "All right, well, send me your offer, and then I'm gonna look at the other offers." I mean, I can't even tell you how many jobs I've applied to where I have not gotten a response. I hate that. That's back so from. it just feels like I think it's it's just like with breakups. People don't want to do the mean thing. So they're like, oh, I'll just ghost. And it's like, no, that's so much yeah. meaner. That's so much meaner. It's the same thing with like guest booking. Because I always say TMR, text, message, return. Just tell me no. Oh, I didn't know what that, I didn't know what that, yeah, TMR. I, I didn't know what that yeah. meant. Text, message, return. If I, if I text you and see if you come on, just say no. It's cool. Because then I can move on to Wait, the next. When do you say TMR? Where do you, you type it to say? No, no, no. That's just the thing that I've, I say. Oh, for yourself. Yeah. Like, it's life advice. Yeah. Return a text message. Like, if you say no, because then I can move on to the next guest. Yeah, that's kind of like, in, in a lot less words, what I said to Jacoby and to Pablo and to most people when I when I try to get them on this podcast, which is like, hey, I'm not trying to back you into something you don't want to do. If you can do it, just say yes. If you don't want to do it, just say no. I will not be offended. I just need to book a guest, because usually it's like Wednesday morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, a quick a quick no is better than a than a long yes, so can I just get that no? I think though you should say yes. Really, we just but say we, yes, yeah. we as a society need to normalize saying no to things that you just don't want to do. I think that far too often people choose to ghosting or they got uncomfortable and they just say, "Okay, I guess I'll do it," but they don't really want to do it. In the most basic of terms, I do this with my boyfriend where I say, "What are we having for dinner?" Oh, and I, this is a I fight know, in every household. 
especially at this point of the pandemic. It's like now Dan Mm -hmm. and I get into fights. Dan and I get uncomfortable about who's going to be the one to bring up the topic of dinner for the night. Because sometimes at the beginning of the pandemic, Dan would do it at two o'clock. He's like, what's for dinner? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm not even hungry yet. (laughs) I start thinking about what I'm going to eat when I'm like, all right, I'm hungry. What am I hungry for? Don't ask me at two o'clock. But I bet everybody listening who's been spending a pandemic with somebody is like, oh, my God, the dinner, the dinner fight. And it's it's like it's like the whole day revolves around what are we making for dinner? Because mm-hmm. then it's like once we're both done with our jobs, we both need to eat dinner. Mm-hmm. But neither of us wants to make the decision on what it's going to be. Yeah. And so I will say, I know you have something in your head that you want. Why don't mm-hmm. you just tell me what it is? Yeah. Tell me what it is that you think that you want. And if I don't want that, I will tell you, well, I don't really want that. And then now it's a conversation. Now we're going back and forth. I'm not saying your idea is stupid. Mm. I'm not saying that I don't like your idea. I'm just saying I don't feel like eating that. Yeah. But I think that we both get way too uncomfortable with saying no. So then neither of us want to say it. Or even then, out loud voicing the things you want. You're like, well, because exactly. I want I want Popeyes, but I don't want it so badly that I want to make her have Popeyes. So it's like you're thinking mm-hmm. through it all in your head instead of just being like, I kind of want Popeyes. And then somebody's be like, oh, my God, I also would love that. Or someone else being like, no, I don't actually want that. But what about Taco Bell? This is the kind of food that we eat in this house. <laughs> That's exactly what we did yesterday. It's like, do you want pizza? No. OK, well, do you want Taco Bell? We all just as a society have to get better at saying what we want. And that's how we can figure out how to get something that is beneficial to all parties involved. While we we are on this food, can I just get 30 seconds to just yell at Christina? You said you made your best point (gasps) ever. So you now get 30 seconds. Hold on. Let me start a timer, which I was just taught some of the intricacies. No, you'd use the stopwatch for this. Okay. (laughs) I want to let you know when your 30 seconds is up. So let me go ahead and put this on 30 seconds. Are you ready, Travis? I'm ready. Set, go. Christina, we know you and your boyfriend cook amazing dinners. Now you're tagging me in your IG posts with photos of your dinner. Stop it. Yes, I did do that. 10, you get 20 seconds. Nope, that's it. I don't need it. That's all I need. I mean, use it. It's free time. I mean, you want it. You have 20 more seconds. 13, 12. Stop tagging me. And she's complaining about food when we know that she cooks dinner every night and it's like some like five course meal. She so don't have struggles with food. Well, no, it's because I make them. Up. It's because I decide, well, you know what? Up. We're going to do this. That was your 30 seconds. That was not my 30 seconds. Wait, how do I stop it? It stopped. <laughs> Oh, Travis, that is it was so perfectly on brand. Can I have 30 seconds and use 10 seconds? of them? To say just one sentence, Christina. Did you did you get an adequate inadequate rebuttal? Did you want to say anything back? I think I'll put um, my two cents in no, as I always really. do. Travis, you're projecting. It's making yep. you upset mm-hmm. that she's happy. You're not ups- You don't want her to be unhappy. You just want her to stop showing you how happy she is. You can make your own food every night too. I'm gonna start sending her photos then. You should. I, I bet she'd be thrilled do. to see them. I She'll would be like, love Look at to. that. That's a wonderful tapenade. See, because I love cooking, so I Check enjoy out this seeing what other pizza. people make. Yeah, look at those rolls. You made great pizza rolls. Those look exactly. like you were baked at three seventy-five for exactly twelve. I'll minutes. hype you up. I will hype up your cooking. I love to cook. If I you made this. great pizza bagels, I will say, you know what, Travis? Those they're are big, they're called bagel bites. Bagels. They're called bagel bites. Okay, now you're just now you just sound out of touch, Christina. The- Pizza bagels. No, they're not pizza bagels. They're bagel bites. That's what it says on the box. When pizza's on a bagel, you can eat pizza anytime. It's bagel bites. They're called bagel bites. 
Don't be disrespectful. Look, you Look can what you be did. wrong. You made Katie come to my side, and she's not happy about yeah, that. Yeah, and I feel very <laughs> uncomfortable over here. There's a lot of leather couches and graphic T-shirts, and I would love to come okay, back I to apologize. the middle you where I'm back. safe. You can go back to your side now. Everything's a suitcase. <laughs> Uh, here's another headline from Trav, the headline master. Are there 32 quarterbacks better than Cam Newton? Yeah, what? If you ask Cam, <laughs> and I guess Travis did, I assume from this that Travis did ask Cam. He must have. There aren't 32 better QBs, but right now he's a free agent, and he, who knows uh, if he will be starting next year. It's, I mean, that, here's the problem, Travis, that covers everything. I don't have anything to add to it. Well, that. it's more of just a, a lead into the better Cam story. Ah, yes, and the better Cam mm. story, of course, is that he was... I put some info in this yeah, one. This is the uh, best part about... You can tell which ones are my stories and which ones are Katie's. You could easily just going through the dock, and this is what I did before we hopped on. I was like, okay, Travis put this in, Travis... Oh, now we get to what Katie put in. <laughs> because it has it's quotes. nicely detailed. It has quotes <laughs> and, like, stats about what happened. There's, like, bold words. There's, here, you should read this part. Yeah. We, have certain, we have certain words that are capitalized. This is great. Thank you so much, Christina. That means a lot to me. Um, so Cam was at a high school camp, and there was a kid who I assume whose parents or who as a person paid to be at this camp, although I don't really know. I don't know what 7v7 camp Seven is. on seven. I, you never... I know, but there's a lot of different types of football that I'm like, I don't, I don't ever, I never had to sign up or maybe sign up for it. So I don't know. Do you pay to go to a camp like this or is yeah, this a like tournament? Yeah, there, there, you have seven on seven teams, and so there's probably fees that you pay to get into the tournament. Okay. So anyway, this kid decided to use the time he had with Cam Newton to uh, film him on his phone. I was going to say Snapchat, but really, I bet that date it was me. TikTok. So I'm just going to say it was on some, Okay, TikTok. And uh, he, he put recorded himself doc. basically. Okay, I could have put that in. You're absolutely right. <clears throat> he was heckling him. Basically saying that like you don't play you don't play anywhere. Cam Newton was like I'm rich, and the kid was like, but you're about to be poor. And he was just like I'm rich, and he was like, but you're about to be poor. It was really high school level discourse, um, which I don't blame on Cam Newton because you're not getting in a fight with a high school kid. Not probably the best look. Um, so, in an Instagram post on Sunday, uh, he shared more video of it and wrote. And, and he wrote this in the way Cam Newton writes everything on Instagram, which I am not judging his stylistic choices. I'm just saying I can't read it. And maybe that's the point is to filter out me, but I can't. It takes it's my brain is like, you know what? Try to get the gist, but it, I can't read that. But somebody, uh, somebody translated it for I'm me. I'm guessing that he has someone else do it for him. Or, but can you imagine? Like, I think I've heard there's a keyboard. He has like a his yeah, app has a keyboard, keyboard that like translates. It shows it how dumb I am. It's like typing in wingdings. It puts an extra step in there that I don't need. Like I understand that these are letters and words, but I would love them to just look like letters and words. But anyway, uh, he wrote to me talking to a quote child i don't know if you do quotes in his thing whatever with everyone looking does me no good oh which is what i said so instead of speaking or going back and forth with a child i wanted to have a man-to-man conversation with his father because cam was like where's your dad let me talk to your dad he added as athletes that are often seen on tv loved by most hated by some people often forget we are real dads real friends real brothers real sons real human beings and then the kid apologized and cam spoke with the kid's coach and everything's been squashed but was interesting to me was how many athletes were like not that they took Cam's side, they did, and that doesn't surprise me. Surprised me how many of them like even bothered saying anything about it. Like Reggie Bush, 
tweeted uh, to all the parents that bring their kids to fun camps. You let your son step into the box talking trash. There are no more age limits. We will handle this like men. Um, so I think Reggie Bush just threatened your kid if your kid is <laughs> is bad. Um, Tori Smith said, Cam handled that situation better than me. I'm pretty level-headed, but when it's time to get petty, I can take it to the floor. Uh Tennessee Titans linebacker Will Compton, I thought this was a good point, tweeted, this is crazy, a Heisman winner, an NFL MVP, and a 10-year pro hosting a football camp, and instead of really trying to get something out of it, you clout chase for some weird attention. Kids should be kicked out and grounded indefinitely. If a professional NFL player tweeted that I, uh, an aspirational NFL player, should be grounded indefinitely, I would ground myself. I would be grounded. It's like... That word overrides the word of your parents. You're grounded now, indefinitely. I'm just curious what, how, like, what Will thinks is good enough to suffice indefinitely, or like, will he tweet out like you're now ungrounded? Maybe, <laughs> maybe. But I think kind of the point is like parent your children so that football players don't have to. And so I bet he wouldn't uh, keep track of how long it's been. I think he would just keep him grounded for a couple months. Grounded means something different in every house, anyway. And I did see somewhere, I may, maybe it was the kid who, when he put out his apology, or maybe it was someone else that I saw tweet about this, but someone was like, you know, when you, especially as a kid, when you're living at home, you might act a different way when you're away from your house, around your friends, you're trying to put up a front, trying to act cool. I get that, but I mean, this whole thing was just obviously wildly disrespectful, and I, I can't relate in the sense that I would never, ever say something like this to somebody for just because I can't. I'm way too anxious and I'm way too scared to ever <laughs> cause a confrontation like this. But um, and they would have been like, "Get to your point, Christina." Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. They would have been like, something? "Okay, you're you're dragging this conversation," and I'm like, "Yeah, you know, just kind of dragging out what I'm saying." But no, I think that I'm glad he apologized, and I think that you know he's probably just a high school kid who thought he was being cool in front of his friends. And I honestly think Cam handled it the best way that he should have. Yeah, and this is one of the only times in recent memory that somebody has used the phrase clout chase properly. I have seen so many people, it's like the word simp, which I hate. Oh, I hate that word. Oh my God, I hate that word. I've just seen people start overusing it and using it wrong. Like, not, I'm only using this example because it's the one I've interacted with recently, not because it was me who was accused of of doing it. But somebody accused me of clout chasing by replying to somebody who replied to my tweet. And I was like, what what, what clout am I chasing? I'm responding chasing your own to clout? a person who, who said something to me. Like somebody used my tweet to try to make a statement. And I was like, hey, I think you might have missed the, the joke here. And your statement is wildly off base. So I think... Now that we've cleared that up, you should take it down because it's not true. You missed the joke. And the person was like, yeah, well, this other person missed the point. You didn't correct them. So you rather just use this to clout chase. And I'm like, what clout? I don't need your clout. What are you talking about? This is like my own tweet. I knew you were a clout chaser. I knew it. I I mean, and I am. I'm chasing it. I don't know exactly what it is, but I I do want it. It seems to be something people want, and therefore I want it. So I'm chasing it, but I'm certainly not chasing it down by responding to somebody's tweet, which was a response to my tweet. You're clout chasing by yelling at me and making statements on my tweet. That's like literally just the amount of projection that people have when discussing things such as clout and food Instagram. It's just, it's overwhelming. You want to know what word I don't like that we use way too much nowadays? Oh, I want to guess it. Guess it. 
Well, because mine a while ago was epic. I have stopped. Anytime someone uses the word epic, I'm like, this is this product is not for me. I don't um, even remember the last time I said epic. I, I just don't think just that don't ever like it made it its way into my vocabulary. It just went once it made its way into my brain, it made its way in with the voice epic. And so it was like, I'll never say that because that's not my voice. Anyone who ever says it was like an epic take. John Oliver <laughs> issues epic takedown of ice. And you're like, what? Epic take what? The, it used to mean something. It means nothing now. Travis, what's the word? Stan. Oh, well, see, I like Stan. I think it's... Because it describes a very specific... I don't hate it. It's a very specific cultural reference to a song that a lot of us are incredibly familiar with. Yeah, I'm aware of it. I, I feel just, like it's our generation's organic word. I just don't like... Like, just say you're a fan. Well, because you're not. If you're a Stan, that means that you are, like, a an obsessive oh, fan. Oh, and what is fan short for? Fanatic. Fanatic. Which... But probably sure, that. but now you say sports fans, and it doesn't mean people who you know live their whole life trying to get a retweet from sports. They they like it. There's we don't have another word for somebody like fan has come to not mean obsessive. So now we need a word to mean obsessive. yeah to mean obsessive. So it's Stan. I don't I don't hate Stan. I think there are plenty of other words, especially with the rise of TikTok, that are now circulating around. That number one, I don't know the meaning of, and number two, um, I don't like. That's another mm. issue I have. I just like, don't know the but words. Here's the thing. Well, here's the thing. That's the thing that bothers me. I know them, and then I and then I see them being used, and I'm like, that's not that. And again, my experience with the word simp, which even every time I say it, it sounds it very much sounds like a bad word. So I'm like, is this one of those words? <laughs> it doesn't sound like something say? I want. Do I need to believe this? It sounds like a just sounds like a word that I'm like, is that actually, does, where does that come from? I should really look into the etymology. But either way, uh, the times I see it is whenever somebody responds to me. Someone's like, oh, you're a simp. And I'm like, for engaging for, with a woman's tweet? That's like, not what? <laughs> what it is. There is a very specific response that would require, that is required before you can call somebody that. And it's not see, by being like, this was a funny joke. And someone's like, simp. I'm like, oh man, are we teaching a whole generation of people of being nice to a woman? is bad uh, it's just like a, it's the same message that society's always taught it's just rebranded as something new with a fun little catchphrase i thought being a simp was like you're in a relationship and you like are really like i nice think it's like the same attitude. you know what it's i mean a similar like, attitude to a stan it's just you actually have a relationship mm. with this person and you like oh will do okay. anything because so you, you like gas them up all the time you like do it's it literally like, every- i'll let you step on my foot if you need to, my queen, mm. that's like simp. Like, oh, okay. you could do anything and it wouldn't make a difference. I would still love you so much. It's like, oh, God, that's what the thing. So whenever somebody responds to me like, oh, what a simp this guy is. I'm like, because he laughed <laughs> like, at a very funny joke. I think it might be that you're a sexist, but we don't have to get mm. into that right now. I'm not going to clout chase on your tweet replying to my tweet. I would hate to do that. Speaking of women, the She Believes Cup. Started on Thursday. Uh, that is the six games between USA, Canada, Brazil, and Argentina. Uh, the USA, the USA. The United States of America is on the hunt <laughs> for their fourth She Believes Cup victory. They uh, they got they won it in 2016, 2018, and 2020. Uh, Thursday night was USA versus Canada. They won one nothing uh, after a late goal from none other than friend of the pod Rose Lavelle. Uh, but the coach, their new coach, you may have forgotten, they got a new coach, Vlatko Adnovsky. I have a Vlatko Adnovsky jersey, so get on my level. 
Um, I don't know why anybody else would have one, but I do. I've got two. Because you have two? Yeah, big fan Damn. of them. Uh, he said he was disappointed with the result, even though they won, which you love to see. And new captain, Becky Sauerbrunn, also friend of the... Well, I don't know if she's friend of this pod, but she's a friend of mine, so I feel like that counts. So yeah, anyway, we'll Becky said... It counts. It transfers. Uh, I loved this quote. She said, this team prides itself on being able to find ways to win. And sometimes we win pretty and sometimes we win ugly. And tonight was one of those nights where we won ugly. It's important that when things aren't going right, that we're not vibing right, that we can find a way to win. And we did that tonight, which is a good sign about the team's mentality. I thought it was a great takeaway, which was like, look, we didn't win how we wanted to. We would love to be better than this at this point, but we're not. And we still have to win. So we did what we had to do and we won. But we're not going to come out here and be like, that's right, we won. It's like we won and we need to get better. And then uh, Sunday afternoon, yesterday, two days ago, for anyone listening, uh, they played Brazil. And they won that game 2-0, a completely different pace of game. Whereas the Canadian game was all defense from the start. Uh, the game against Brazil was more fast-paced. Um, and Alex Morgan made her first start since the 2019 World Cup final. And you'll remember she had a baby, my granddaughter, last May. Um, <laughs> they, it was a different play style, like I said, than Canada. And not, not the best game for friend of the pod, Emily Sonnet. But, uh, you know, Lynn Williams was was doing her part, running all over the field, trying to cover more space than one player should. And obviously that cost her later when Crystal Dunn set her up perfectly for that goal and she just didn't score it. But they did score two goals, one from Kristen Press and one from Megan Rapino. And Rapino did a, uh, a celebration that was a tribute to the newborn that married teammates Allie Krieger and Ashlyn Harris brought home last week. She rocked a little baby. Cute. I thought it was so cute. You that gotta love cute. a, a Rapino celebration she is pretty um, good at those yeah she's like i thought you were gonna say she is pretty good yep no like she yep, just she is thank yes, you for she is. travis on women's soccer no I, their <laughs> celebrations are always very like they're not elaborate but they're good yeah they're witty mm. yes yeah she's smart she pays attention um the next one is the next game is against argentina that's on wednesday at seven on fs1 7 p.m eastern uh, one of the things that's been bothering me about the coverage of this, and it happens a lot, and I can't really put my finger on why it bothers me, because it's a conversation that I want us all to have, this conversation around the anthem, and there was a lot of, like, people who kneeled, and Rapino's been kneeling for years, and, like, people who didn't, and, and, I, and everybody's wanting to make sure that everybody's voice was heard, and blah, blah, blah. I just feel like talking about whether the athletes stood, kneeled, or whatever is in every single article that covers women's soccer. And on the one hand, I'm like, that's because we want, you know, from my experience, women sports fans are more willing to discuss these kinds of issues. Um, and like we saw with the WNBA and social justice movements from the Wubble, like they're, they are, they're able to do it in a way that seems to be I don't want to use the wrong word. I was going to say easier. It just seems like the, the fan base is more receptive to it and less resistant, and therefore it's in the league's best interest to do those kinds of things. But it just feels like the only time that, like, the Washington Post, it's like they have to mention this quote-unquote controversy, maybe in tricking people into clicking on women's sports. I don't know what it is, and I don't know what the solution is, and I don't know if what I'm doing is nitpicking a thing that's actually going to be helpful in the long run. It just bugs me that it's like, well, this game before the anthem, they all stood. 
And I thought that uh, Crystal Dunn had something really smart to say about it where she was like, look, it was always going to be a protest. There was always going to come a time where we stopped protesting and we start getting to work on the thing we've brought attention to. And I think that's where we are now. And of course, you could read that and be like, she's feeling pressured to not be able to stand up for her beliefs anymore. But I also think you can take her at her word and be like, once the NFL came out, to me, once the NFL came out, and we're like, we were wrong about kneeling. That was our bad. We should have handled that better. It was like, oh, well, now this isn't going to be the protest anymore. As soon as the, the thing you're protesting or the thing whose attention you're trying to get is like, we are cool with this. You're like, all right, well, that's not effective then. It's you've got to do something that makes people, you know, react to it so that you can make any sort of change. So I totally understand. I also understand if anybody feels like upset or bothered that the teams that used to kneel don't kneel anymore I don't I don't know where I land on it I just know it's something I've noticed any article that's like this is what happened in the game and also they all stood which was interesting it's like well we don't do that with men's sports and that's why we can't have those conversations as easily I think was this the first time they all stood it's been it's been a lot of there's been times where most players kneeled and a couple stood. That was during the the little abbreviated tournament they did, um, and that I saw that discussed about you know what teammates. It's a very broad. It's a much broader conversation or a much deeper conversation than we're going to get to on this because a lot of it's old news. But it just does seem like there are strong opinions on social justice and strong opinions on. People not standing for, and I don't mean that literally, but it's the best, you know, standing for something, but it usually means kneeling. Um, But I don't know. I just feel like we put a lot of pressure on female athletes that I'm not saying is bad pressure. I think I'm saying I'm disappointed we don't put that same pressure on male athletes and we just kind of be like, well, what happened in the game? Whereas in the women's thing, it's like, why didn't she kneel? And it's like, well, meh. So it's like, that's the tough part is it's an important conversation that I think we should have. But I also think that like, we can also have the conversation about sports. The more I say, the more I feel like I'm saying this entirely wrong. I just wish that we held both to the same standard. Important breaking news. There's a double standard on how we cover women's sports and men's <laughs> sports. Let's move on. Uh, um, this Have you guys heard this? The Kevin Mather story, the Seattle Ooh, Mariners president and chief executive. This story is wild to me on a number of levels so apparently for some reason a reason that remains entirely unclear though an apology has already been issued kevin mather again president chief executive of the seattle mariners spoke at a rotary club event uh digitally and managed to say in every category of thing you're not supposed to say he like did one or two in each like He found a way to say the quiet part about sports out loud, to reveal um, like business decisions, to be uh, to be right. Allegedly racist. I don't know the, the, the journalistic standard on. He criticized the way people speak English, foreign players. He was. It, it was bad on every level. Like PR firms are just going to use this as like this everything you shouldn't do. In don't do this. And the thing I keep looking for and haven't found yet is like, what happened? Why did he do it? Because the apology was like, I'm sorry for my lapse in judgment. And it's like, you don't say these kinds of things publicly because you had a lapse in judgment. These were things that indicated behavior that 
is a pattern. You don't just arrive. A lot of these were stories about things that happened before. So either the lapse in judgment was to make things up or just the apology didn't make any sense to me. I understand a lapse in judgment. If the thing you think you need to apologize for is that you said all of this out loud, you're missing the point, which is like the issue is that now that you've said it out loud, we know these are beliefs and practices that you uphold and participate in. It's not that you said it. The problem isn't that you said it anymore. It's that you are it. Well, it's also a lapse would mean that like he had this long speech and in it like messed up like once a lapse in judgment is like when you're interviewing for a job and somebody kind of baits you into saying something mean about your employer your former employer which everybody has a complaint with their former employer but the etiquette of a job interview is like it's never a good look to spend it just yelling about how much you hated your last job and if you said like yeah well they weren't really organized over there you'd be like oh that was a real lapse in judgment I should not have given in to my instincts which were like that place sucked tell them it sucked it's like no 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 you should always try to maintain some level of respect because the place that you're interviewing in may one day be your former employer and yada, 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 yada. That's a lapse in judgment, a very specific example of a lapse in judgment. This is not. So here are some quotes that this guy said to also, this is a thing I should know. I understand it's vague, definite. What is a Rotary Club? I have no idea. Is it just like an Elks Club? And also, second question, what's an Elks Club? I oh, just know that see, they're like an Elks places club. that have function halls well, and, where I want to say predominantly men, maybe historically yeah, men would go I think it's to become social. Men. Is it like a men's social so, club? An, Travis, like is getting, Travis club. getting offended on behalf of the Elks Club. Go ahead. An Elks Club is amazing because you pay a small fee and it's kind of your local watering hole. Also, there's uh, a Knights of Columbus, where you have your monthly dues and you go in. Now, are these all different? Are they associated? I guess what I'm looking for is, like, are they associated with, like, religion? Are they associated with um, military? My hometown had a Knights of Columbus, which was associated with the local Catholic church there. But then there's also an Elks Club, which is more of its standalone. And then they'll have different nights where they'll have, you know drawings to win money and stuff like that and i enjoy an elks club hmm. and i feel like again the reason for that might be because you're welcome in them that sounds like a great concept i just don't know if i was allowed to yes women are allowed they're not really for me uh, there's a difference between them being like allowed to come in and like welcomed in Elks Club. I'll do the Google, I guess. What's the purpose of an Elks Club? The Fraternal Order was founded to promote and practice the four cardinal virtues of charity, justice, brotherly love, and fidelity. To promote the welfare and enhance the happiness of its members. So, free drinks. To quicken the spirit of American patriotism and cultivate good fellowship. Can anyone join the Elks Club? To be eligible for membership in the Benevolent and Protective Order of Elks. <sighs> You must be a citizen of the United States over the age of 21 who believes in God. You must be sponsored by a member of the, yeah, I don't know, these feel, I'm not like trying to cancel them. I'm just saying they have always given me a feeling of like, mm. you know, who should have been canceled is this, like, was there not somebody from Seattle's like, let's pull his internet? Yeah. What's the, what did I say? Rotary club. Rotary. I feel club. like they are what's about that? more about, they get things. That, is that government? I feel like it's things that get done within like the township. 
This is their mission, Rotary.org. We provide service to others, promote integrity, and advance world understanding, goodwill, and peace through our fellowship of business, professional, and community leaders. It feels like a person writing a book report on a book they didn't read. (laughs) Rotary clubs don't have a bar to go to. That's the difference, I think. If you're looking for people to give back to their communities, you can... Rotary clubs also welcome Rotaractors. Rotaractors. Of course. Rotary Peace Fellows and other members of the family of Rotary. I Isn't a Rotary a phone? I have no idea in this context isn't what the a, word Rotary So where means. I am from, we call Rotary is that thing in the road that everyone a else calls a roundabout. That's right. So I call it a Rotary. What? So now I am yeah, wildly confused. Travis, is you don't get to come over about here and say streets? pop and then get mad at people for speaking. I've just never heard of it speak. before. When I got yeah, to Long Island, were... people referred to the thing that makes heat in your room as a radiator. And I was like, I need to leave. Oh, no. I need to leave. <laughs> Get me out of here. Yeah, I'm so when I read Rotary Club, I'm like, oh, so are we meeting about the road? What, what are we talking about here? I kind of want, I kinda want Christina's idea to be the real thing. So yeah, I'm a little confused. It sounds like it is just what I'm a more boring version a of an Elks of, club. Yeah, it's like a group of like, it's like almost a professional development thing where it's like, yeah. hey, we got the president of the Mariners, must be a good business guy to come and tell yeah. us the, about business decisions. Here are some of the things he said. Uh, for instance, we just rehired Iwakuma. He was a pitcher for us for a number of years. Wonderful human being. His English was terrible. He wanted to get back into the game. He came to us. We quite frankly want him as our Asian scout interpreter. What's going on with the Japanese league? He's coming to spring training, and I'm going to say I'm tired of paying his interpreter. When he was a player, we'd pay Iwakuma X, but we'd also have to pay $75,000 a year to have an interpreter with him. His English suddenly got better. His English got better when we told him that. I do love that he sets it up like he's going to use the uh, construction of we would pay Iwakuma X and then we'd have to pay his interpreter Y. But instead, he's like, and then we'd have to pay his interpreter an exact amount of money that clearly bothers me because it's on my mind. Um, You don't get to know about the Japanese game if you don't care to invest in learning how to communicate. It's like an, it seems obvious to me. But also, like... Why? What was the point of him saying any of that? And what to, was the point it, of him being like blatantly just feels unaware? To me, feels to me like a a person, a man who's very comfortable and feels like he's got. This is why I wanted to know more about Rotary. Yeah, what does that have to do with building like, roundabouts? Sometimes, if I'm in a room, if it, if there's a <laughs> quote from me that gets pulled, if I'm speaking to like the Association of Women in Sports Media. I would say something different in that room than I would say in a room of just like random people because I'm like, oh, they understand enough of it and I feel comfortable with them here and it's not like I'm using some big national platform to make some big statement. I just want this to be the information that these people, this is what they need. This will be helpful to them specifically. So that's why I'm like, the Rotary Club must be his boys because this is the way you'd talk (laughs) if you were talking to your boys and you're just absolutely telling on yourself that this is the way you approach anybody who is from outside your culture when you want to run or claim to want to run the best baseball team. It's wild. He also was talking about Julio Rodriguez, who's from the Dominican Republic, and said he's got a personality bigger than all of you combined. He's loud. His English is not tremendous, which, if I may step away for one second, 
But it, yeah, if I may step away from that quote for a second, I don't think I could name many people whose English is tremendous. Tremendous is a very complimentary adjective that's meant to be this person stands out. So if you say to me, someone's English isn't tremendous, I don't feel like I've actually learned anything about that person because tremendous is a hard thing to be at most stuff. If you say his English is bad or his English isn't good, so saying his English is not tremendous sounds to me like somebody who knows that it's not bad, but he still holds it against him. That he's not from America or wasn't born speaking English as his first language, which is like there is no hurdle Ooh, that Julio Rodriguez news. could clear. What he's resigned. He work there anymore? Yeah, yeah. Shocking. I could have told you that was coming. There's no way back from this to me because it's just so across the board, exposing yourself to be the type of human who believes a bunch of things that are not. Um, acceptable it's just like you I bet you, you the rotary club kicked him out too oh, I, I hope mean, they did i hope he's got a walk and I just, every time he finds one every time he approaches a rotary he has to get out of his car and walk <laughs> he never i hope he never has the right of way he has to keep letting every car go he can't ever go in to travis's point i just if you're in the rotary club and you're just sitting here listening to this does anybody go hey um <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. Like, what is this guy saying? I thought we were talking about running like, a business. Yeah, like, and you're like, wait, how, why, how does, first of all, how does any of this relate to the topic? And also, why are you saying it? Also, what? Also, like, I just have worse. so many questions. So let me just hit the other topics in case there's people out there who aren't offended by what has been said so far, because those were both <laughs> egregious, but in the same category. So let me go ahead and branch to a different category. Mather also revealed that the team planned to start top prospects Jared Kalenic and Lo- is it Kalenic? I should know, but I don't. But I'll say Kalenic, and then you guys can yell at me about it on the internet. And Logan Gilbert in the minor leagues to begin the season as a way to manipulate their major league service time and keep them with the club longer. Service time for anybody who's not like a, a deep baseball fan is this system that's set up that I have studied, and I still am like I'm gonna mess this up. It's basically like if you come up from the minor leagues and play enough time in the majors, enough, it's like a certain amount of games, that if you go over that threshold, that counts as your major league clock has started, which affects things like how much money you can ask for and how much, like a year of your contract. You can play a certain amount of games in the majors that will not count as your first year of your contract, as long as you don't play more than it. And so what a lot of teams do when they want to save money is they have these great prospects who absolutely should be in the major leagues. They're good enough to be there, but the team doesn't want to lose them before they want to get their best years under the contract. So they will use them in games and then send them back, and that doesn't count as a year, and then they get more time with that player. So this guy... That's not a siren for you. That's a siren on my end. Somebody left a voicemail that was like, can you just let us know when there's sirens that it's not a cop behind me because usually I'm driving and I think, (laughs) so shout out to that person. That's a great point. That siren was mine, not yours. You are safe. Eyes on the road. Uh, He was talking about Jared Kalenic and he said, we've been talking about him for a year and a half now. He will be in left field in April. He's a 21-year-old player. Travis left. Oh, bye, Trav. Should I wait? It says it's still recording, but I feel like we should wait. Yeah, it says it's still recording, but he might just pop back on quick. I just don't want it to have interrupted him if he signs back on and it stops. At least now I have a place I can stop and start again. Welcome back, Travis. 
Your service time clock has now started. This counts as one podcast. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, so they said we've been talking about him for a year and a half now. He will be in left field in April. He's a 21-year-old player who's quite confident. We offered him a long-term deal, a six-year deal for substantial money with options to go further. After pondering it for several days and talking to the union, he has turned us down. And is his, in his words, he's going to bet on himself. He thinks after six years, he's going to be such a star player that the seventh, eighth, ninth-year options will be undervalued. He might be right. We offered, and he turned us down. He then mentions that when they brought him, they had brought him up Something with the pandemic, it was basically like people were like hypothesizing that their plan all along was not to start Kalenic. And then he confirmed that. He was like, yeah, our plan was like, we're not going to kick off service time. We were always going to send him back down, which is like, on one hand, this guy coming out here and doing this to me is shocking, is the dumbest thing in the world. On the other hand, I'm like, okay. Finally, one of them made a lapse in judgment and let us know what they're probably all doing. Not all of it. I'm not saying all of it. But the service time manipulation thing, him admitting that they were keeping money because minor league baseball players do not get paid a lot of money. And so Mm -mm. this directly affects them and their lives and their ability to make money in the future if, God forbid, something happens to them before they get called up, which is happening later than it should. He came out and said that that's what they're doing, admitted it, and also disparaged the kid for being confident, saying he he just kept going back to he certainly doesn't lack confidence. Now we know that's a thing. That happens. So, yes, he has resigned. Great. What are we doing about fixing the fact that they can use service time and weaponize it against young players trying to come into baseball? My guess is nothing. But I would say if you finally get the guy to say the thing, we got him. Let's fix it now. But we've all known that's been going on, so they're not going to change it. It's he's just the first one to admit it. But like every team is not, like Bryce Harper had to deal with it. Like it's it's a known thing. And I know, but it's like clearly it it feels like all these times that there's stuff like this, we're all like we know it's a problem, but we're never going to be able to fix it. Partially that's because no one will ever say out loud they did it. And if they don't say it, then it didn't happen because they can just be like, oh, did that happen? Our bad. And this guy was like, yeah, we did that on purpose. And now we're all like, yeah, we knew they do it on purpose, but we're still not going to do anything about it. Let's do something about it. I mean. Doesn't that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. But then the players union, which while the MLB does have the strongest one, they're going to have to fight for it. And that's a battle that you're most likely not going to win or you have to give up something else for it. Dan just peed and didn't flush, so I high-fived him. He's, he's a lot. <laughs> yeah, he does. He's uh, pregnant, so it happens. Well, congrats. Oh, congratulations. I'll let him know. Thank you so much. He drinks a lot of water. Um, what else? Oh, he said that uh, Kyle Seeger, the team's full-time third baseman since 2012. Since 2012. So you'd like to think a little loyalty to your third baseman. He said that he was overpaid at $18 million this season. Uh, the final year of his contract. And so I loved that Kyle Seeger's wife, Julie, tweeted, so should we put our house in Seattle on the market now? Or... (laughs) As in like, all right, so you don't like us. This guy's worked with the Mariners since 1996. He was promoted to his current role in 2017. And just a fun little cherry on top in 2018. Didn't even know this. That's how not a big deal this story was, or it didn't reach me. Uh, 
The Seattle Times reported that a number of female employees had accused Mather and two other team executives, would love to know who they are, of inappropriate workplace conduct that resulted in the women receiving financial settlements. So it just feels like another instance of when somebody tells you who they are, believe them the first time and do something about it before they do it again. I do think part of this is that, wow, part of this headline, what makes it so interesting is like, wow, that guy really just didn't care and said everything. But another part of the headline is like, okay, he told us what the problems are. He acted how we all assume most of them are acting behind closed doors. So now that we've heard one of them do it, what are we doing about it? I think that's an interesting point. And I also think it's an interesting point. Whenever we, whenever something like this happens and we're like, whoa, that guy sucks. And then <laughs> we hear more and we're like, whoa, he did that in the past. And everyone's like, no way. And it's like, yeah, we mm. knew this guy sucked. Mm. We've known that he sucked. Why didn't we do something about this back then? And the thing I hate, it's not really related, but the thing I hate is that there's become this now pressure on the the people who belong to the demographic groups who are made the victim by people. I know that's a long way to phrase that. There's pressure on women to always be the ones speaking up about a coach or a, a front office person or a player that does something harmful to women. There's pressure on a black person to speak up about, speak out against somebody who did something racist. It just seems to be this weird pressure we put on the people who are the ones that could be affected by the thing to say something about the thing. When really I think the most relatable thing for anybody, anyone, belonging to any group, identifying in any way, is that like, you reach a point where when nothing's getting done about something, you kind of just get resigned to the fact that it's how things are and then you decide okay can I ignore it enough and still enjoy this thing or do I move on from this thing that's what a lot of people have done with sports is like well football doesn't respect me do I like it enough and can I find enough good in it to love it anyway or am I just is it better for me to just give up on it and uh when situations like this happen and people are like well why hasn't this person said anything about it yet and you're like well because that person's tired or that person knew that this was bad they said stuff about it nobody listens to them when they say stuff and then now they're like well let somebody else say stuff for once so I will say even if you're not part of an affected group of something speaking up against it is actually the best way to Make it actually change because, yes, it doesn't affect you, but that's why you don't get to be exhausted by hearing about it because the people who are exhausted about hearing about it are the people who knew the lead singer of that band was trash, but they also knew that if they didn't <laughs> like that band, they were going to be told that they were too sensitive and they weren't cool enough. And so they ended up liking that band anyway. So don't yell at them now that they like that band and they, now the singer is revealed to be trash. Thank you very much. Moving on. <laughs> 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 a lot of projecting, a lot of it. Uh, Deion Sanders is now the coach of a uh, of Jackson State. That's a historically black college, the Jackson State Tigers. Um, that was announced, you know, a while ago, but then they had to postpone the season to a spring season. And so this was his coaching debut. And boy, was it strange. And not just because they beat the Edward Waters Tigers, not just because it was two Tigers, and not just because the final score was 53 to nothing. These would all be strange enough reasons to be talking about Deion Sanders' coaching debut. Also, because it's Deion Sanders' coaching debut. But it wasn't the story. The story was, at his press conference, after the game, Deion said some of his things were stolen. 
And he was very mad about it. He made like a, a very, I would say, pretty long statement about how when he says when he says changing the culture, he doesn't just mean the football program. He means everything surrounding the culture. And we got to change this and we got to change this. And he made this big thing about how his belongings were stolen and they, he should feel safe putting them wherever they are that no one's going to take them. And he also said, like, thank God I was wearing my chains, which what's the point of bringing them if they're not on you? I don't think you just like, they're not your keys. You don't take them off and put them down. Why would you bring chains with you? Put, you'd wear them. <laughs> right? Well, I mean, sure. you don't want to wear them when it you, is all, the whole if thing. you go out onto the field, you may not want to wear them, get, get sweaty and stuff. Oh, I don't know if you know this or if Dion knows this. He's not playing. Yeah, but so. you're still out there coaching. <laughs> you're getting... Travis, do you take your chains off before you do physical activity? When I go to work, I, I take my chains off and leave them at my desk. I mean, I have taken my bracelets off when typing only because they get in the way. When you're click clanging at a desk all day yep, and you're like, all right, let me same. take these off and put them on later. But the, there's, take, he's not using his neck for anything. I take my, I take my work badge off and sit on my desk when I get in. I don't Is keep, that your jewelry? That's the extent of your jewelry uh, yeah, collection? Yeah, I don't keep it hanging on my waist. Mm. That's mm. like the old the the rule that's been beaten into women's heads, which is uh, before you leave, remove one accessory, and then your outfit is complete. It's like you take your work <laughs> badge off because it's the only accessory you have, and you can't get into the office. Anyway, so right after this, it was reported that the school they found his belongings; they were just misplaced, and everything's fine now. So then people were like, "What?" Because Dion said he went to his locker and a bag, like a Ziploc bag of his belongings was not where he left them. Then it was reported we found him. It was nobody stole it. It was a miscommunication, which I guess then it's like, all right, well, let's figure out what that means. And then right away, Dion came out and said, well, that's not true. (laughs) Dion said, (laughs) I want to see how he said that's not true. I don't want to get this wrong because it's confusing enough when it's right. Um, He said that... Unfortunately, my celebration with my team and family and friends was cut short because we found out that I had several items stolen from my bag in my private office after female staff member walked in on a man going through my personal belongings. We did eventually secure the items stashed away in another location. Sounds to me like somebody walked in on somebody looking through them, potentially stealing them, potentially is a staffer that Deion Sanders hasn't met yet who was looking for the contact solution that De- I don't know what happened but a woman walked in on a guy that had the bag in his hand the woman probably took the bag moved it to a location where it was more safe then Dion came out looking for the bag the bag was missing he spent his whole press conference talking about how stuff was stolen from him and how it was some sort of statement about the school and the program or the I don't know the conference whatever and then found out later that no they were just moved by somebody who was worried that they weren't safe that's what it sounds like to me no i mean that that sounds like that's what happened it's just odd that they said oh no they were misplaced mis misplaced when they said misplaced people were like tweeting at him and he was like no like they were stolen but well they weren't misplaced by him they were placed somewhere other than where he placed them but that doesn't mean they were stolen but my favorite part is in the press release by the school, they refer to him as Coach Prime. It is it is a thing. And look, <laughs> not to make this about some bigger thing, but something that was very interesting to me when this was announced, I was on Highly Questionable with Bomani Jones, and Bomani said it's really important 
that Deion Sanders does not make this what could be a very big and important moment for HBCUs about him. He's like, and if there's mm-hmm. one thing I know about everything about Deion Sanders is that that's going to be a challenge for him to know that this is about something bigger than him. It's not about him. And so when I saw him in the post-game press conference of his first game calling attention to something that we still don't really understand what happened, but he made it seem like this gigantic issue that is a reflection of all of this work he has to do was like, Dion, it, you didn't even know everything yet. It ha- you hadn't had time to discuss it. Not saying that you got it wrong. I'm just saying that like you could figure that all out when you got off the podium and then you would have another chance to address this later if you really thought it was a big problem. But a bunch of kids just played a game and they played based on the score well. Let's just talk about that. Let's talk about what a great win that was for your team in difficult circumstances where it's spring and there's no running water in the stadium. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there are way bigger things clearly to be talking about, especially when, to your point, it seems like this whole situation was very easily explained. Well, not easily, but it is explained if you have the... It's like he needed time to know what the information was. If my stuff wasn't where I thought it was supposed to be, sure, your first thought is like somebody took it. Yeah, I would initially think the same thing. I don't think I would initially say it. And if I did, it would be like, "Uh, sorry if I'm in a bad mood. I just went to try to find my stuff in my locker and it wasn't there. I'll take questions. Like... If you're if you're presenting it as context for why you might be a little miffed right now, that's fine. But I just think rushing to make this big statement that then later is going to look really silly when it turns out to be a misunderstanding. You are the one who made it this big thing and now it's silly. Now it feels weird. Now people are like, what are you what are you doing? Just you don't it doesn't everything doesn't have to be some big declaration of some big it's just like nothing like you said earlier Travis not to reference a take of yours like it's not as big of a deal as it seems to you and just I think Bomani was spot on when he was like we're going to see instances where Deion Sanders does not have the ability to just like rank things on a list of importance and then deliver the important ones first he's sort of just like I know we won but can we talk about how I got somebody stole from me and then five minutes later it's like he didn't we don't even know if that's what happened and now it's we're not talking about the game Yeah, I think that, you know, this story was clearly made much bigger and more dramatic than what it actually is once everybody figured out what actually happened. And so I I think that's interesting because I think Bomani makes a perfect point where it's, you know, this is a very important moment. I mean, it's a really cool moment. This has so much potential. Let's not make this all about Dion and let's make it more about what what this could be and what this means for these athletes and, you know, for these universities, because, you know, I think what's interesting is I was, I know the undefeated has a program with the Roden fellows where they have interns from HBCU schools who I was mentoring for a few months and they create their own podcasts. And they were talking about this when he announced that he was going to become the head coach. They all said, you know, this is fantastic. And we love this type of exposure for these types of colleges and universities that don't typically get talked about, 
we hope he doesn't make it all about him yeah. because it should be about the athletes. It should be about these kids who and don't look, normally get talked about. If you're a guy that goes by Prime, if you're making them call you or they're choosing to call you Coach Prime, of <laughs> course we understand that ego with Deion Sanders is never going to not play a part or play a role. I think what, for me... Uh, not making it about him means is like make it about you in the ways that like Troy Aikman comes to the game make it about Mm -hmm. you in the ways that every other coach was wearing like a beige or a gray or whatever jacket and he wore the same color as the players like bright red on the sideline that is like making it about you in a fun way making it about you in the sense that like you are a different type of coach. All of that's awesome. I'm not telling Deion Sanders not to be Deion Sanders. I'm telling him to not be Deion Sanders all the time <laughs> with everything. Like not to put everything that's about him first over his players. It's something I think he's absolutely capable of doing or else they wouldn't have given him the job. It's just something that I would love for him to consciously focus on which I know is very difficult given the way he's been rewarded for being egotistical his whole career and also earning the right to be like I'm great I get all of that I understand it all I just think there's certain moments where I'm great isn't the message that is important as important as my players are great they beat the Tigers beat the other Tigers 53 to nothing um, a story that's been very big in this house today, and I don't know how big it's been in the the world. Dan is just fired up about this story. About I love uh, this story. Oklahoma wide receiver Spencer Jones got into a fight in the bathroom of a bar. Um, a couple words there might raise your attention, one of which being bar, because I didn't know we were doing it, and I saw the video, which there is video of this incident, and there weren't nary a mask to be found. And so that's, um, but that's taking a back seat to the, um, so he got his, he, he got, they got in a fight. I don't like videos of fights. I know that's an unpopular internet opinion. Um, it. I always am like, God, ooh, all right, cut away. I've dissected this it. video. I know, and so did Dan. Dan was fascinated <laughs> by this video because Dan saw this as a video of, like, a bully getting what was coming to him. So, Travis, can you explain what happened as our college football expert? So, Spencer Jones and another friend, I don't know if he was on a football team, so I'm not going to say that, were in an altercation with these two guys, which comes out to be that they are brothers, in the bathroom, which is just... The bathroom is really crowded, and usually for a guy's bathroom, it's in, handle your business, and get out. And they're loitering in the bathroom, and the one guy... Ladies listening are like, and? (laughs) I spend 80% of my time at a bar loitering in the bathroom. There's stuff being said, and Spencer's friend pushes this guy that is already bleeding... So something has happened already, and his no looks like his nose is bleeding. The guy touches his nose and gets blood on it. His hand looks at his brother, and then like touches Spencer with it, and then gives him like a four piece combo, and four piece combo takes him to the ground, <laughs> which is then just. I mean, yeah, if someone being brought to the ground in the bathroom of a college bar, I'm like, oh my god, you guys need to not just get COVID tests; you got to get tests for <laughs> yeah, COVID. Now. Like, not to make light of COVID, but that might be the least of your like. Yeah, men also quit peeing on the floor so much. Um, yeah, I know ew. I make a lot of pee-related content here on this podcast, but um, don't do it; it's gross. Why are you guys so bad at making sure all of it goes where it's supposed to go? No comment. And so, yeah, I, I, piss on I, listen, this is my, this is the college football segment, if I could. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. So he, like, it was the piss punches him in the face yeah, a bunch, back to you, back to takes you. him to the ground and puts him in a chokehold, uh, 
and I don't, and sometime during those punches, like broke his eye socket or something like that because they had to wait for the swelling to go down for surgery on his orbital bone. His friend gets just tossed into the wall, and the other weird thing is listen to the joy it's bringing, Travis. <laughs> I don't think this part's getting enough attention. There's guys just trying to pee in there, and all of a sudden, dudes are getting shoved up against them. Yeah, shout out the one guy I saw. There might be multiple, but there's one guy who just like finishes what he was doing and is like, "Excuse me," and I'll just and it's like, "I'm gonna here. just get around here." Right Mike Gold Jr. brought up a good point too. What college bathroom has flat screen TVs? And I've never seen that. And this, yeah, that's I have never excessive. seen that. It's too much. Why I can promise them? you, my college bar bathrooms did not have flat screen I don't even think legally I'm allowed to call them bathrooms what we went in at my college bar. It was just like a room that had a sink if you're lucky and you're like oh no mirror. Okay cool. But you're right to to Dan's point it did look like two bigger guys trying to be bullies and something that you should always. The two you should just assume that the shorter kids might be wrestling. Well no so you the first thing you, and they were the, they're wrestling. The first thing that you should always do if you're going to get in a fight is don't. Well, yes. The second thing, go ahead. Look at look at their ears. <laughs> oh my god, Travis! I hate that you said that because I said the same thing. Dan showed me the video, and the second he showed it to me, I was like, "Yeah, that kid's a wrestler." And yeah, he was do, like, "Do they do they have like, cauliflower ears?" No, he why? doesn't. Even it's just the, something about it. If, I don't. But if I, there's I the slightest, be... the slightest hint of cauliflower ear, you walk out to the bar, you apologize, and you buy them a drink because they are going. They know how to fight. Like this guy, it was not his first he fight. Was pulling like actual moves on <laughs> yes. on a bathroom floor. Let, can, yeah. let me just say, as someone who I have not seen the video, I will admit, watch it right Travis now. Watch is, it right now. No, you, you Travis is like. Minute by minute, and then he gave him the four-piece <laughs> yeah, combo. That that was great. Thank Can you, you please pull it up on that. your phone right now, Christina? It's, I don't know. So, but what it sounds like there's another um, aspect to it, which is that basically he came out, or his lawyer came out, Spencer Jones, trying to make him sound like the victim in the situation. And then when the video was released, people were like, "Clearly, you and your friend instigated it, and then you got yeah." hit the only the only thing that you were doing it you can say about the the two brothers that just ran rough shot in the bathroom is that they had them subdued and they kept going but i don't yeah yeah and also the floor it was on the bathroom floor yeah. it's like five second rule. i'm you watching get up it looks dirty <laughs> it's so dirty <laughs> Like, can, can uh, you imagine like, just being I mean, there the entire trying to pee the entire time i'm watching this is Oh, his face is yes, on the ground. in the ground. <laughs> also, <laughs> like, like, no, no, it, no, no. Uh, flat, flat screens in that bathroom. It's like putting lipstick on a pig. It's like, yeah, you can you can put shiny stuff in there, but the floor, you can't change it's what the floor of a college disgusting. bathroom is. Yeah, it's drinks. And it's he puke, still has his face all over it. Yeah, they're probably, Ugh. yeah, it's not good. It's not ideal. That's not very sanitary. Also, this I can't confirm, but I, Dan said that his favorite part of the video is that apparently one of the kids who does the picking on, one of the kids on... Um, Spencer Jones' side, like right before it happens, is like checking himself out in the mirror. Yes. Like, oh boy. And then he oh gets boy. tossed. Now he gets up and he's got just like piss all over his face. Uh. It's like, oh yuck, that didn't work. So anyway, that was a story that I I felt like Travis would have strong opinions on, and I'm happy to be correct. Uh, the Australian Open, Naomi Osaka and Novak Djokovic both won. Uh, that's the sports part of the story, but this is the non-sports part of the story. So afterwards, while holding her giant trophy, uh, Osaka asked Jennifer Brady, she was about to say something like, I want to thank or whatever. And she turned to her and said, do you prefer to be called Jenny or Jennifer? 
And Jennifer Brady looked very confused at first of like, whoa, what? And then she said like, Jenny. And Osaka was like, okay, I want to thank Jennifer. (laughs) And uh, somebody, a lot of people were like, yes, our queen being passive aggressive. And then uh, somebody brought it up to Naomi Osaka and she was like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. I, I thought, I genuinely thought I said Jenny in that moment. Um, it makes sense. You're in the moment. Yes. Like, it was very nice of her to ask. And Travis, I know as somebody who hates being called Trav, I bet you really appreciate that she didn't assume it was Jenny. Yeah, like, I loved it. And she just got caught up in the moment and said it. Like, Naomi Osaka has quickly become a fan favorite in this apartment. Because earlier... So why don't you just say what you mean? You love Naomi Osaka? You think she's a great athlete? Because earlier in the tournament, a reporter, the on-court person was interviewing her and he made a statement. There was no question. And she was like, that's not a question. Like, thank you. Thank you. Like I loved her for it. Yeah. Here's the thing. She has, uh, exhibited the ability to be completely present in a moment so well that she, when she does something like this and makes a very explainable human, a lapse in judgment, you're, you're, yes, where you're trying to do something nice, this but then you get so caught up in it. And she didn't, like, scream Jenny. She just was like, Jenny. Um, you just turn back and you're like, Jennifer, You just your brain isn't really thinking. She wasn't actively listening at that moment. She will admit she screwed up. She made a mistake. But she's been so good at not making mistakes to the point where she can play against the woman that her family modeled their family off of so that Naomi Osaka could get to exactly where she is. She can play against Serena Williams in an individual sport. And instead of being overcome with all the things that could mean and all the pressure that could put on her, she can still win and play effectively because she's able to just focus. And this one moment where she didn't focus and everyone's like, oh, she did it on purpose. She's like, no, 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 no. I am human. So that's why I appreciate it. Because up until now, I'm like, Naomi Osaka is a, she's just somehow efficient and logical and at present in every moment. And it freaks me out. And then you see her mess up and you're like, oh, thank God. I'm hoping now that it becomes a thing and like she now changed her name and her phone to Jenny and now that's her nickname for her. Yeah, I'm sure she'll do something. She's very smart. She's great. I think she's awesome. I think Darren Ravel tweeted a while ago that she's not marketable and it's just like, and then Nike put out that awesome photo with the butterfly. Yeah. I'm like, well, that looks there is, that looks like there marketing. Is, there's a population of people. There are a couple people in the media that if you hear them criticize someone, the way that you should read that is the opposite of what you should fade every <laughs> pick they have. And Darren Ravel is one of them. Most of the time when he says something, you're like, oh, I should look into this person. I bet I'll really like them because Darren Ravel doesn't. And Darren Ravel functions very differently than everybody else i most of my notes app is like ideas i have that are dumb that might turn into something someday darren ravel's notes app is tweets he's made and the numbers that they did and the time he tweeted them at and the math behind the success of his tweets i'm not saying anything other than what happened and what i know and i'll let you take anything from that that you want to Interpret that how you want to, but his notes app is just tweets he has written, the time he wrote them at, and the engagement that they got. So, (laughs) happy story. Um, This was just something I saw that I wanted to mention. As somebody who's always doom and gloom about uh, sports and the way they handle certain issues, see the rest of this podcast. Uh, This was a small story that I didn't see getting a lot of shine that I kind of wanted to praise. So, Zach Britton, 
who's a Yankee. So whatever. That's the only bad part. Um, as a Red Sox fan, by the way, in case you didn't know. Well, kind of a Red Sox fan. I don't even feel comfortable saying it out loud anymore. I'm so mad at that team. Point is, Catherine, stay focused. Zach Britton <laughs> commented on, uh, it's Domingo German, is how you say for, it, I for this pod, we'll Again, I'm going to mess it up. But Domingo German returned to the Yankees. He, um, he was like a surprise, great, awesome, best starting pitcher in 2019. And then he was placed on administrative leave. Right after that season ended, after an alleged incident of which very few details are publicly known, um, but he eventually got an 81-game suspension, which retroactively included the nine, whatever. He just, he missed 2019. Or missed nine postseason games in 20, whatever. He came, he's back. He's coming back to the team. Zach Britton is the Yankees union rep. That's important to note. So he's like a well-respected guy within the league who has a voice and that voice matters. When he was asked, Zach Britton, about the return of Domingo German, I really hope I think it's German. It is just German? No, I have no idea. over the A. There's like a little accent over the A. It's your podcast. Do what you want. It's not how it works. You should have the respect to get someone's name right. I just (laughs) have only read these stories. I haven't watched anything with them in them, so I don't know. Um, Domingo. So, um, when he was asked basically, like, does, does he have to say something to the teammates? Is, is there anything you need to see from him? Zach Britton, who's a relief pitcher, by the way, said, I don't agree with what he did. I don't think it has any place in the game or off the field at all. I think sometimes you don't get to control who your teammates are, and that's the situation. He expanded on it. I think when asked another question, he said, yeah, it's a tough question. I don't think he owes anything to me, which is also important. We'll get to all of it. It's, I think it's off the field stuff that he needs to take care of. My job is to go out there and pitch and do my job, so that's kind of what my concern is right there. But he doesn't owe me anything. I think that's something he's going to have to deal with on his own and make better choices going forward. So the reason this stood out to me was because when, I, when this first started becoming an issue in sports in general uh, about guys getting in trouble for domestic violence or violence against women or any of these off-the-field issues that we always just call off-the-field issues because it's easier. One of my first thoughts was like, why don't the players that aren't, uh, that are against this kind of thing come out and say something about it? Because I think that would go really far. If this locker room that we're always told about is like where teams become teams, it's like, well, then why isn't there accountability in that locker room for things that teammates do that are detrimental not just to the team, but also to people to humanity that make teammates look bad because of this incident and what I was basically told by the world was that they're they're brothers in the union and that they have to stand strong together even with the bad ones because otherwise it could give the other side of the negotiating table something to use against them which is one of those explanations you get where you're like okay but and then it never really gets answered. So to hear somebody on the team answer for, and not feel like he has to answer for his teammate, like he said, he doesn't owe me anything, but I think he should be a better person and work on this stuff, to me was the most basic level of groundbreaking. It shows how low the bar is, but that I was like, thank you for saying that. Instead of being like, I don't know anything about that. I'm not going to comment on it, yada, yada, which is the safe way to go. You don't have to comment on it. But for the union rep of the Yankees to be like, yeah, I, I am going to comment on it. And I'm not going to say that it's about me because it's not. But I do think he needs to fix that part of him that I don't agree with. And of course, even with just this basic statement, 
there was backlash and somebody on Twitter was like, why are you worried about him? He was punished for his mistakes and you still don't know the circumstances of what took place, which is a thing that people say all the time to people who are much closer to situations than they are. It's a thing on Twitter where someone's like, well, you don't know. And it's like, what? I do most likely know more than you do. I'm his teammate and if union rep. Because, <laughs> if only because I have access to the same information you have, which are reports, and the people who were consulted for those reports to be written. So I, you just should assume that somebody that's almost, or at least like closer to a conflict than you are, knows more about it than you do. They might not, but if you act as if they do, chances are you'll be able to get more usable information out of that person. So anyway, this Twitter user said that, to which I also love this, Zach Britton wrote back, haha, you think I don't know the circumstances? Get a clue, bud. Which is the closest we've ever come to a player being like, the thing that you all have to say allegedly about, I don't, because I know. And I, again, not making any sort of claims on whether it's true or it isn't true. But it was remarkable to me to see a player go out of their way to be like, this wasn't right and I know it wasn't right. Don't tell me that I don't know. It wasn't right. I liked it. And I wanted to say shout out to him. And, you know, we don't know if in private there's things being done because we don't know that. But I do think there's value in showing that, like, hey, by the way, we're not all cool with it. Like, great. Thank you. Thank you so much. I was really hoping that one of you just wasn't cool with it. And so he did it. And he, I don't think he did it in a way, though he will probably be accused of this. I don't think he did it in a way that was like, I'm a good guy. He did it like a, I don't like that he did that. And as my teammate, I will hope that he does better. And I will tell him I think he should do better. And I'm very publicly telling him right now he better do better. So I like it. And shout out to him for it. Um, I think we have time for one more voicemail. But before we do that, <laughs> no one ever says we don't, so we do. <laughs> All right, voicemail. That's also my job. Hold on one second. Press play. I'm gonna. I just have to pull it up first. Okay, here we go. Hi, Katie, Travis, and Christina. This is Mosa from Champagne, and uh, my partner and I were having a conversation. Um, his parents have the same name. They're both named Terry. And every few months, and we have been together, him and I now, for 12 years, and every few months I just think of it and it boggles my mind. He, someone who grew up in this, thinks it's not that weird. I would love your opinions on this. Because to me, in the process of dating, if I met somebody with the same name as me, I would not pursue that relationship. And yet, they have been happily married for many years now. So thank you for your feedback. Uh, love you, mean it. Thanks. Bye. Melissa, love you, mean it. Thank you so much for this question. Her partner's parents are both named Terry. I love this. Tell me more. I think that's awesome. I love it. I think it's funny. Um, I do agree with Melissa, though, because I myself... Oh, first of all, I don't have a name that I think very many men are named Christina, so I, mm. I don't have that struggle. But if I had a name where you know, somebody else was also named that and I was romantically interested in them. I think that I would have a hard time dealing with that. But I don't because I also I have a friend from college who her name's Taylor and she dated a Taylor. Mm -hmm. But they were both called different things. Like her nickname was Tay and mm -hmm. his, he was Taylor. So the, you, they were called different names by friends. So I think to them it wasn't annoying that they had the same name. 
Does that make sense? Yes, I just know Travis has a strong reaction because I saw it. And part of me wants to say my thing, but I kind of just want to <laughs> let him because I bet his is going to be out there. So, uh, Travis? Yeah, I couldn't date a girl named Travis. Um, okay. No, I, yeah, it's weird. I, I, I couldn't do it. So my first thought was, I can relate to this in the sense that I'm currently dating somebody who is named what an ex-boyfriend of mine was named. And that, mm. weirdly, has been weird for me. Just in the weird. sense that because I, I so strongly do not communicate with my ex, um, that I have to, when I tell my family about my boyfriend, I just keep feeling like I have to say, good, Dan. <laughs> you have to and preface like, it with that's the That's such the a weird <laughs> way. It's just because, like, it's, it'll get, we'll get past the threshold. But at first, it was, like, a lot of Dan and having to be like, good, Dan. Please don't even because then my mom would have to be like, "Wait, what?" Back like, with him? It's like bringing back a thing that I'm like, I definitely yeah. of all the exes wanted that one to stay closed and was thrilled that it was closed, and now it's like, "Why do you have to be named that?" But I got over it and I'll get over it, and it's much easier to get over than having the same name as someone. I also will say the three of us will tend to heteronormativity because we are all heterosexual people. This is probably a common problem for people who date People who could easily have their same name. For anybody in the LGBTQ community, it must be something you've had to actually wrestle with. And so I wish one of us knew any way that our experiences could actually inform the question. I'm genuinely wanting to know if if with somebody who doesn't have a name that, like, I am a straight woman, I I date men, no man is named Would you date a I have to preface that way. Um, I think I would. You know, I don't think that I would be against because I my I don't like being called Chris, Chris as my nickname. Yeah. No, yeah, like yeah. none of my friends call me that. My family doesn't call me that. So, but so that that wouldn't bother me if I dated a Chris or a Christian. Would you know that wouldn't? Would you date it, somebody like, that has your dad's name? Yeah, my dad's name I, is Mike. It's too it's too basic. I, I to don't ruin think I could out. date anybody. Yeah, my, my dad's name is. Bob. Well, is your mom's it's name like Deborah generic. Travis? It's Virginia, or she goes by yeah, Jenny. Yeah, you're not gonna. It's not gonna be a problem. But I, I don't think I could either often. do my sister, which is Allie, which is more common. Oh yeah, you know what? I for a second thought about dating, as in like I don't know, kind of dated, but I wouldn't even call it that. A Kevin, and that's my brother's name, and it was weird. It was very weird for me. Yeah, I feel like it was, there was there was a period of time when my sister and I, I was interested in a guy and her boyfriend, they both had the same name. And I was like, I don't, I feel weird pursuing this guy now because my sister's boyfriend is mm. this guy's name. Mm. And I was like, were you oh. dating your sister's boyfriend? You can just tell us that. No, absolutely not. <laughs> nope. But I was like, this is weird because anytime I said, oh, um, you know, I, I'm going to go meet up with Alex. It felt weird that my sister was like, yeah, and I'm going to go on a date and with Alex. And then you feel like, even yeah, weirder being like, Alex, I'm going to go meet up with Alex, Alex, not your Alex. And then exactly. you're like, of course it's it not your so Alex. Weird. It's yeah. like anytime I told a romantic story or a thing about having a crush on this Kevin person, I had to be like, not my brother. And then I was like, I shouldn't have to say that. Of course yeah. it's not my brother. I'm talking about having a crush on them. Well, what is happening? To, to friends or do people who know my sister and I am like yeah I'm going on a date with Alex not my sister's boyfriend yeah, Alex my like, own. not my own guy. Alex he's my Alex it's a different Alex so it's like I can understand how it could be weird 
I also, I, to me, I just think it's comical and I love that they're okay with it and that it's so normal to them. That I, I love, think is awesome. Yes, I love that. First of all, of course, it's normal to your partner because your partner's never, I don't call my parents Cammie and Mike. I call them mom and dad. So there's never been a confusion in the house for that kid of like, hey, Terry. And then your mom and your dad <laughs> yeah. both respond because he's not calling them Terry. So of course he's like, yeah, it doesn't bother me. Also, his parents sound like they are so right for each other that like it was probably a conversation that they had that then they got over. And like you said, they've been happily married for many years now. Imagine if they let that get in the way and ended up marrying somebody that they weren't as compatible with. And then it was just because of something as stupid as, well, <laughs> her name was my name. It's like, yeah, all right. And then get over it. Um I think that's really sweet. I think what might help you, Melissa, might help it not pop into your mind all the time and be weird, is if they told you, I mean, you said you've been together for a while, so I feel like you are close enough. They should tell you what happened when they met and they found out they had each other's I'm name. I'm sure it's funny. When they I'm sure they laugh that, like, about it. I'm sure they both were like, I'm going to do everything in my power to like try to, it was like how to lose a guy in 10 days and then realized like, oh shoot, this one actually is great and it is worth dealing with the fact that we have the exact same name. It's also one of the only times in history where the Mr. and Mrs. Terry whatever is actually fair because they are both Mr. and Mrs. Terry last name. Usually it's just Mr. and Mrs. Michael Nolan and it's like, my mom is not Mrs. Michael Nolan. Her name is Cammie. <laughs> uh, but now they can really both be Mr. and Mrs. Terry. I think it just goes to show that love is inconvenient, but if you can get past the silly stuff, it can be really cool. Love conquers all. Even the fact that the first time Dan and I, when we were dating, every we'd alternate, but every now and then one of us would look at the other one and be like, I'm dating Dan Soder. And he would be like, no. <laughs> it was just so weird. We're over it now. But it's still every now and then creeps into my head where I'm like, you're not my boyfriend. You're my favorite guest on my podcast. What is this? Um, things are weird like that, but you know, love happens and like, be grateful for it. That's all. You're not a bad person for thinking it's weird. It's absolutely weird, but it's weird in a fun way. And they yeah, it's weird in like a funny way it's where we cool, can, you know, funny, we can all look weird. at it and it, it's fun. And, and of course he doesn't think it's weird. That makes perfect sense that they don't think it's weird because their parents are mom and dad. So I think that clears that up. I don't even know if it was a question. Was the question, oh, I would love your opinions. Well, those were our opinions. We, this might be the first time we've actually we crushed addressed. It. Yeah, we really yeah, did. We, yeah, we crushed Good job, that. Team. Good job. Hell yeah. We crushed that. It's unfortunate that while we were doing that, somebody stole a bag of Cheetos from my, from my side table. <laughs> and I will, instead of talking about how we crushed that, I'm just going to talk about how my bag of Cheetos was stolen. Although really, I think Dan just moved it to a second location. That's it for this week's edition of Sports, the first one. At, at least shout out to indeed brooklyn and, and full sail university and uh be sure to check out oh this is see i like this this is a part of the podcast where the network and by the network i mean travis as told by somebody else puts in a podcast that we need to hype up and it's usually these like lesser known podcasts that would really benefit from me telling you they exist and so i today's is Stephen a's world Stephen A's World is uh, hosted by a lesser-known ESPN personality named Stephen A. Smith, and it streams weekdays on ESPN+, Plus, bringing fans Stephen A. Smith's entertaining perspective and deep expertise with signature guests. Those are really quality adjectives. Entertaining, deep, signature. The best interviews from Stephen A's World are now available as a podcast every Wednesday. I didn't know. Did you know? I'd, where could I have heard that? Listen wherever you get your podcasts, and... 
You have to do it on a second platform. You got to watch Stephen A's World on ESPN+. I think they might be the same content, but do both. Listen to them and watch them on ESPN+. And a big thanks to you guys for listening now. And then, you know what? You only have to do it once because you got a lot of Stephen A to watch. And I don't want you to, <laughs> to be overwhelmed. We all got a lot going on right now. So just listen to this one once. That's all it takes. But do be sure to download it. Or you could always leave us a nice review. Well, no, and... Download it and you could always leave us a nice review wherever you're listening to this podcast, which by the way, we read and we love them. And Travis has now started reading them and putting them in for me, which I love. So there's just a lot of reading and a lot of loving. Like this one from one Katie to another, shout out, that says, hi Katie at all. That's the right way to do it because, you know, things are moving around a lot here and there's really no way to (laughs) make sure you're addressing. Hi Katie at all. It's Katie. I'm long overdue to write a review. Just wanted to check in and let you know how much you've made me love you and how much you've meant. In the midst of a general terribleness of gestures wildly at everything, I also managed to have my heart broken in the last few months. I love you can tell I'm reading it for the first time as my voice changes every time I get to a sentence. So that's great. No, it's not great, Katie. Luckily, despite my best efforts, I couldn't get my ex invested as invested in the pod as I was. So I got to keep you all on the breakup. Yay. <laughs> in all seriousness, though, your pod has been the thing I've looked forward to each week to lift my spirit. You've been my safe space in a world that has been so unsafe. And I thank you for your vulnerability at all times and your humor and your honesty. Just wanted to make sure that you know it doesn't go unnoticed and that the world is so much better for the Katie's, Christina's, Ashley's, Jay's, and even the Trenton's. Sorry, he's an Ohio State <laughs> fan, so I couldn't be bothered to learn his actual name love you mean it and go blue hell yeah that was a paragraph but i liked that it. was a well worth it paragraph i liked it a lot thank you so much katie that's really sweet and lastly don't forget that you can always leave us a voicemail at 860-506-5571 what happens is i start that sentence and i look at the two of them and both of their faces are like what are you gonna do and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and so then I get nervous and I retreat into my shell like a tortoise or a turtle. Girl. Say goodbye, Travis. Say goodbye. Say goodbye, Christina. <laughs> goodbye. Bye. Love you. Mean it. <laughs> <laughs>